Hey everyone, and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse, the DC Comics podcast from Mail Fuzz TV. I am Peter, and joining me as always is Matt. Wham bam, thank you, ma'am. Connor's here too. Yeah. <laughs> I only put so much infinite in Matt's intro because I wanted I wanted the contrast. I, th- th- there was a lot of even pre-Matt's intro there. Just just everything was was turned up a little much. It was a harsh cut. It was, I wanted the ironic harsh cut to just oh, Carter's here. <laughs> I'm not sure it's ironic anymore. It's all a bit set up. It's all a bit set up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we talk about DC Comics on this show. And coming up on this week's show, we do have the October solicits and a little bit of November solicits actually to go through. Uh, more on that in a little bit. But uh, coming up on the show books-wise, what we're going to be talking about is Action Comics 1013, Wonder Woman 75, The Flash 75, Batgirl 37, Justice League Dark 13, The Terrifics 18, Dial H for Hero number 5, and Batman Curse of the White Knight issue 1. Uh, because black label books go at the end. I don't know what, I don't know when I decided that, but they always go at the end. Um, oh, fair enough. Because the black label. It, it's, it's the explicit section at the end. It's the after dark portion of the show is it is it always the imprints that kind of go towards it so when we get the the horror books the, the horror books, yeah i would yeah. put them at the end yeah um mainline dc first and then uh, i mean i'm sure we've, we've had exceptions for that like i'm sure we've maybe given like a mini a number one at the start that's technically like continuity but whatever i think we used to if it was a number one like the mini would go at the start and then it yeah. got shafted to the end yeah but hey it's our show we'll change the rules as much as we want <laughs> That's fine. Just on Peter's whims. <laughs> yes, on the whims of a madman. Uh, so that's what's coming up on today's show. It makes quite a difference from the, the, the four new books from last week. Yeah, um, and a big difference from next week too. But also not the, uh, the, the, the the 12 or 13 from week two. This is a nice happy medium, this amount. Yeah, this is manageable. I had seven books. So that's just a nice number. Not too much, not too little. Yeah. 3.6 on the Diatlov scale. Um, <laughs> is that graphite? Yeah. <laughs> so I haven't seen it, but I know the references. Good, good. Because I'm not letting them die. <laughs> my my new favorite references are from Stranger Things with the Russian drinking the the Slurpee. Oh yes, Alexei and his cherry Slurpee. Yeah. Of course. Uh, Which, um, by the way, by the way, yeah, it was David Harbour, and I think I think it was Black Widow, it was and his Black character Widow, yeah. is called Alexei. Mm-hmm. Yep. I just think that's kind of gold. It's great. They also announced that Black Widow is taking place post-Civil War, so we're getting a, a, a flashback story. Uh, I think we all predicted that anyway, but we didn't know when it was yeah. set specifically. So, but now no, we know, we know it's going to be a flashback, but I didn't know how far it was in a flashback. Yeah. So well, I think if they'd went like pre all the movies, I'd have been like, yeah, I don't really buy this because she looks so young in Iron Man 2. I'm not, I'm not buying yeah. this as Black Widow in her early days. But no, it's between Civil and Infinity War. So. Yeah, and I like the idea in Civil War, she's, you know... She, she is that gray. She doesn't really, you know. She's operating in the shadows. The weird, the weird thing is, is they confirmed that there's going to be stuff set in Budapest, and it's been a running joke since the first Avengers that Hawkeye yep. and Black Widow had something in Budapest, yep. some sort of mission. So, although it's going, to, obviously, it's not going to be that because this, this is that was set before this movie. But I'm just, yeah, but they're gonna, yeah, you'll you'll know they'll she'll have a reference to yeah. say if David Harbour is not the heavy, and that's who she's working with. She'd be like, Budapest is just not the same without Clint. Hey, or whatever. If if David Harbour's not in Hawaiian shirt, then quite frankly, they're wasting him. They're wasting his talents, yeah. they're wasting abilities. I'm not it, having it. It took me about six episodes of Stranger Things to realize he was doing a Magnum thing. 
Yeah, because he's, watch, he's watching. Clicked. I think he's watching Mind and PI in like episode two before his date. Yeah, he's, he's watching Mind yeah, and PI, yeah, yeah. so he's, he's he's getting inspiration. But yeah, I just didn't. You know, the Hawaiian shirts and mustache just didn't click because that's, you know. Hey, if you're going to aspire to be someone, Tom Selleck's a fine, fine, mm-hmm. prime manly example to aspire to. Sure. I mean, you're not wrong. Come on, he's Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck and Burt Reynolds, they were like these two brothers from different mothers who kind of commanded the mustache hierarchy of the 70s and 80s. Fun fact, Tom Selleck was originally supposed to be Indiana Jones, but couldn't get out of his Magnum contract long enough to shoot. Uh, So they went with Harrison Ford. I don't think that would have been a bad... I mean, obviously, I'm I'm not complaining about Harrison (laughs) Ford, but I can see Tom Selleck in that role. I don't think it would become as iconic. You know what I mean? I feel like Harrison Ford brings enough of himself into Indy that he has that every man still. And I feel like Selleck, especially in the 80s, was almost larger than life, down to the mustache. So, <laughs> you know. Well, and he almost had a mustache. Almost. Almost. Oh, dear. Oh, it would dear. have been a reverse uh, Superman from Justice League. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the reason he couldn't get out of the contract long mm-hmm. enough. It's like, I'm going to have to shave the mustache for the role. Yeah. And they were like, nope. Not having it. We'll go back quick enough. Well, yeah. because he had to shoot. Um, they shot Magnum in Hawaii, but they didn't shoot all of Indiana Jones. So you know, they went to to Tunisia and whatnot. He couldn't yeah. get those. Hey, so, but there maybe, is this history. Maybe, maybe this is like some unearthed trivia here. Maybe they did shoot all of the movie with Tom Selleck with the intentions of removing his mustache in post, but the technology yeah. just wasn't quite there yet. It in, wasn't there yet in 1980. Um, still not there now. It's still not there in 2017 either. <laughs> Let's watch as I kick this, the, kick this hornet's nest. Um, my wife sent me a text yesterday. That she was listening to the Endgame soundtrack. And so then I was like, oh, I'm going to give this song a listen to. It's, it's the end title scene. or the end, the, It's the score over the, the end titles. Yeah, yeah. The and main it, theme and all and that, it, yeah. And it filled me with emotion, right? Like, And we're sitting here on a DC podcast. My room's behind me filled with DC iconography. Yeah, those are Marvel movies and they strike me you know, right in the heart light. Nothing Warner Brothers has done down down to the Nolan trilogy has filled me with that same emotion and it pisses me off. It's upsetting. It's upsetting. Being DC fans and, and you know, go to those Marvel movies and seeing them you know, not without their faults, but seeing them essentially build mm-hmm. a cinematic universe and having its mm-hmm. high points and the big moments feeling like the big moments and mm-hmm. like you know it, it is kind of depressing it's like you know that you know when people say do you know misery do you know do you know pain and i say i'm a dc fan of course i know misery yeah. i know pain yeah. and, and even the tv shows like as, as good as supergirl can be in flash no, not as much recently mm. no it, flash you know yeah, there was a lot less Joe West this season, which I would say the Joe West Barry stuff on the Flash would be borderline because mm. I love their relationship. It's, it's, uh, just for just for a context, the actor was yeah. injured, which that's why he missed half the season. Oh, really? Yeah, I had a bad back. Uh, oh shoot, I didn't know that. Mm. That's why I for the first the writers... half of the season, he's always just sat down. Yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> ma- that makes sense in hindsight. I just thought they were going completely, you know, tits up this season, so they're like, "Well, we'll get rid of the best thing on the show too." And that's Joe West. Uh, <laughs> that's but like, okay. yeah, it doesn't it doesn't have those emotional, you know. Do, do, do you know where we will get those emotional beats? Where? Se- season two of Doom Patrol. Oh, yeah. Doom Patrol's the renewed, baby. 
I love sure. it. Sure. Yes, hey, I'm going to have to, to watch this now. To be fair, though, Matt has at least seen some of the light, and he's been watching Legends, so he gets some, getting there, yeah. gets some passes I'm here. Getting, I'm getting through Riverdale, season three, which is Taco Bell. Uh, that, that, that was that show where I, I saw someone say something about season three. I assumed it was a joke because it was so ridiculous, and yeah. now I googled it. It was, oh, oh, they actually did. That. Yeah, I, w- I won't yeah. spoil what it was, but I, I was yeah, here no. for this this moment, and it was uh, something along the lines of a character who technically came back to life or something to that extent, and it was, it was mind blowing. Yeah. <laughs> Again, uh, on Twitter, I, I uh, compared it to Taco Bell. I know it's bad for me. I know it's not good. But I need more of it. Although, Matt like, did, did tell me this week that there's some sort of Dreams Warriors performance, as in Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, The Dream Warriors, yeah. which does have me intrigued, I'm not going to lie. Yes. <laughs> like, like, and again, like, what, what is this show? It's I don't think they know, and that's why it's so amazing. Um, it, and not amazing in the good way. Like This isn't like Stranger Things, or like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. get it all uh, to me. No, it this is, is like when, when we were drunk watching Gotham last night, and I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, and you know, um and it's one of those things too where like it's already aired i'm watching it on netflix i could look up what's gonna happen but it is so banana pants crazy i don't want to look up because i want to go through the haunted house you know what i mean i want to have the surprises so um but after after i finish riverdale i have uh legends the next season lined up ready to go because i can i can gang watch those like riverdale i have to take a break sometimes (laughs) Legends, I can just when when Ash isn't around, I'm like, I'm gonna watch more of this. Yeah. Well, so, you got the the Beeble season next. Yes, so. I know. I'm I've been saving it. <laughs> Praise Beeble. Praise yeah. Beeble indeed. Uh, so yeah. Um, let's talk about solicits. Let's let's get into the nitty gritty of the week. Um, actually, no, that's solicits. Let's do the news item first. It just seems like a bigger deal. Um, and that is the announcement of Tom King and and Garrett's book, uh, along with Doc Shaner, in fact, and they're doing an Adam Strange book. So, yep. So, uh, one hell yes because mm-hmm. uh, Adam Strange is one of those characters that I really love, but I don't get to talk to, talk to. I don't get to talk to him a lot, guys. Like the whole Zetabame technology, he's always on rant. <laughs> no, um, I don't get to talk about much because he's not that much in the even in the DC consciousness. It's, it's funny because he's one of those characters that I know a lot of creators want to do a book of and yeah. constantly pitch DC a book and basically always get turned down. Yeah. And so and when I look at this and I think about what Mr. Miracle did and that it was basically a take on depression and fatherhood and I think about what what Adam Strange can be and you look at the the two covers that they released. One is this really slick Doc Shaner pulp. Yeah. And 1960s. The yeah, Joe, uh, I almost think they're going to... And I don't know if they've actually... Maybe we would have talked about this in interviews, but just looking at these two covers, like you say, Shaner's got the the, the, the pulpy 60s look, and then Garrett is like the dark side. It's the, it is the yeah. Mr. Miracle side. And it says Stranger Danger, like, over the top uh, of it. Um, and, 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 like, there's this forbidding, like, telling him to, to go back or whatever, yeah. and... I feel I, like I know. this might actually be one of the best examples. If it, if they're going to use this to flip between the two art styles constantly in the book, yep. this might be one of the best uses of two artists that they've ever that I've ever seen. Uh-huh. If, if they continue with this kind of idea from yeah. this cover, so because I, I would like to think that Shaner's handling the Rand stuff, right? The larger than life sci-fi, and then Garrett's is dealing with uh, Strange being back on Earth, and it's that gritty. 
or maybe it's reversed. Well, right? Joe, what I'm getting from it, Matt, I'm getting one is the the propaganda of the hope of like this is why we are fighting this war, and then the other one is the truth of the war. It's the harsh reality of the war. Yeah, maybe. I also tied it to to Garrett's because you know he was in the military. He's a veteran. They're, um, they're actually. Um, I know they were talking about this at the panel when it was announced. Yeah. They're actually moving away from a lot of those themes. You know, the, the PTSD, which is a big theme mm -hmm. that, that mm -hmm. King and Garrett's work on a lot, because right. obviously they both have that that past. Right. Um, no, they actually said this is actually going to be about the uh, the effect in a, a post-Trump world. Yeah. Uh, it's so it's going to be about society after that's, that. Well, and that's what I was going to look about, like how his experience as a, as a veteran and how people might treat him differently because, you know, there's one side that DFI these guys and there's another side that vilifies and there's very little in between. And that's what those two covers tell me. You know what I mean? Yeah. One is a sprite and shiny. One is a stark one's and gritty. One's the hero, one's the monster. Exactly. And that's and, – and you play with Adam Strange and he's got a jetpack and he's an archaeologist. Like – yeah, I, I assume it's how how Earth sees him versus how Ran sees him, kind of. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. It's kind of weird if if that is the case, and it's kind of making him into the the Trump figure. Uh, mm -hmm. ne never would have expected that. And this is where I think King really excels, and that's why I need to go get Vision, because that that's been put up there with uh, with Mister Miracle as one of these <laughs> must reads. So. Yeah, I've yeah. got the. The deluxe edition on Comicsology. Mm -hmm. I just haven't touched it yet. Yeah, I've, I've yeah. had Vision on my on my Comicsology for a while. Um, so, yeah, it's called Stranger. Oh, sorry, Strange Adventures. Uh, yeah. Just just to give you a title. Which it's... which I do believe was the long running Adam Strange series. Yeah, like sounds, I mean, like that sounds wolfy. that sounds right. <laughs> uh, because post uh, what was it during fifty two. Uh, there was a Strange Adventures book that was like a one shot that came out, that was Adam Strange, Animal Man, and Starfire. Yep. So it yeah. was so much fun. I like that a lot. Yeah. So this is coming twenty twenty. So the verse is a little bit in advance, but uh, obviously they're, they're setting this up as another big book that's going to get a lot of buzz. It was basically, hey, look, look at what they just won at the Eisners, and they did so great. Here's the next thing. Yeah. And you, yeah. And, you know, like it's funny because despite the fact that we all hate Heroes in Crisis, and despite mm -hmm. the fact that Batman's been a bit rocky back and forth uh, recently. I don't think any of that dampens my excitement for this because this does feel like the next Mr. Miracle. It feels like that that lineage of that type of book, which is yeah, King's best work uh, from what I've read. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So, so real quick, fun fact that yeah, um, Adam Strange was printed in in uh, Strange Adventures, but also that's where Animal Man came from. That's where he was. Hmm. Uh, he originated. So. That's pretty cool. I like when DC does that type of stuff. And they don't make a big deal about it, but um Yeah, I'm here for this. This is this is one I might triple dip on because it is Adam Strange. <laughs> I might I might get the singles, the hardcover, then the paperback. No. Get a digital as well, make it a quadruple. Sure. <laughs> I'm sure my wife will love that. That then eventually and, and the the uh, absolute. absolute. Yeah, let's <laughs> not forget that, because you know that's gonna happen. Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't maybe I don't need the hardcover. Yeah. Maybe I'll get the absolute. <laughs> I am buying a two hundred dollar lightsaber in a couple days, so. Oh bloody hell! I have man. to. Yeah. Bloody hell! I demand pictures. Oh, you will. <laughs> you will. Oh, jeez. 
Um, so that is the bit of news. We're going to solicits. Obviously, a lot of stuff in here. Actually, we're going to solicits. This is a good. T- I should have said this at the start, but I'm going to do it now, so it's not at the end. Just at the end. Um, so on Patreon, which I'll plug properly at the end. But me and Carl just put out our first episode of the new version of the thing we do on Patreon, uh, which is comics from the Multiverse Extra, uh, which is replacing the monthly. But it's now at the $1 tier, so you'll have to pay $1 to get access to it. And we're working through Gotham Central, one issue at a time, once per week. So issue 11 just went up. Why issue 11? Because we already did the first trade, which was the first 10 issues on a monthly episode, which is also accessible now in the $1 tier. I was just going to say, have you done that already? I have went through every episode. You can get the entire back catalogue of 20 monthly episodes uh, in the $1 tier, so you can go and access all them. Um, so you can go give that a listen. Um, I, I felt it was worth pointing out because I know some people will click. They won't listen to the plugs at the end. That you have to get them. You have to snipe at them somewhere yeah, in the so middle. it's an issue of Gotham Central every week, and then in uh, in September we'll be starting Crisis as well. Yeah, so we'll have two going at the same time. We'll be doing Crisis and Infinite Earth. The idea being that we finish around the time that the the, the crossover is going to be on TV. Right. So, yeah. so good fun. Um, so go go and uh, check that out. Anyway, so. Um, also, did I tell the story last week about uh, the release of Snyder Cut people uh, kickstarting a bus uh, bus stop ad uh, right across from Comic Con, but when it actually no, did- not oh, on let's the show. Pretend you did. <laughs> Again, let's kick that horn. Let's just not kick it. Let's punt it down the field. <laughs> no, here's here's the great thing. They kickstarted this this bus stop ad uh, to be right across from Comic. The idea being, everyone who goes to, goes to Comic Con would see this ad. It'd like all the eyes would be on it. Once it actually got put up, some people actually did some, uh, you know, a little bit of Google mapping to see where it was, and it was actually, like, several, several streets away. You know, the idea that being that a lot of people who go to Comic-Con would never see it. Uh, yeah, they couldn't afford the, the, the advertising spot right over the road, clearly. <laughs> so, so on Sunday, I'm, I'm trying to grill burgers, and, you know, I figured what else we were watching, and... Uh, Tim, in his infinite wisdom, oh, decides to make a snarky tweet of just let the Snyder Cut people have their movie. Yes. Which then whips them into a, a fear. I forget that they're this type of people. Then once they latch onto something, they don't let it go. And well, end just, up in a 20-minute just, just argument. One, one detail here what I point out is that yeah. Tim did not hashtag anything. He just no, made a statement. That's what I was getting to. Yeah. That... Then this guy who I'm talking to Tim in a very measured and reasonable tone, co- this guy comes up and basically starts calling me out for being a comics fan. <laughs> Mind you, to them, to the Snyder people, Snyder's cut and his viewpoint supersedes any other version of the character. And that we're stupid for wanting characters to act like they should. And that um, I'm basically just a Marvel fan, as this, this guy <laughs> claimed. And it, I went back and forth before finally locking myself out of my Twitter. Yeah, that's, for, uh, that's happened to me, I, actually. I remember I, yeah. I once made a very passing comment about um, <clears throat> uh, Superman not really acting like Superman in Man of yeah. Steel. Um, yep. And was just immediately called a Marvel fanboy. <laughs> yeah, and, and so I checked back in on this guy. I uh, think maybe he's just really active on Twitter. No, I'm pretty sure it's a dummy account because the guy hasn't tweeted since our interaction. Um, so so yeah, fun fun times. Let's keep in touch. Uh, um, Tim yeah. eventually deleted the tweet because he was sick of notifications. He did. <laughs> yep. Does he know you can just mute it, right? 
It, yeah, it, but he felt it was doing more harm than good. Yeah, he left in the world. So and he didn't want people to think he's actually sympathetic to that. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. he needs people to know he was much more sympathetic to uh, this year's Hellboy movie. Oh, yes. Um, which he gave me the best laugh of the week when he said that he had to get to uh, Best Buy on his lunch to make sure there was enough copies of Hellboy left. Oh, I, respond, I, I responded to that tweet. Don't you worry. Yes. I, I was keeping track of it. And and to be fair, he was talking about a, this, the super nice looking steelbook, but it was still Tim. So I fully, <laughs> uh, fully thought that he, you know, was being sincere, you know, in his Tim way. So. Uh, I feel like that, the, the comment read like someone going to Starbucks saying, oh, I hope I get there before yep. the coffee runs out. Like that's, yes. that's what it sounded like. Yep. Oh, dear. Um, although... I did once go to a KFC that ran out of chicken. Just for... that's weird. Wow, that that was the chicken crisis of of 2018. Oh, that was that was much before. That was like back in like 2012 or something like that. But uh, that that's what the real apocalypse in 2012 was. Pete. <laughs> the colonel ran out of chicken. There, there was a genuine chicken crisis in the UK uh, for KFC, where they changed supplier. It went badly. KFCs didn't have chicken for about a month. <laughs> Wow. Just, yeah. And they don't have the good, I don't know if you guys have Popeyes over there, but Popeyes has superior biscuits. You could argue superior chicken to, to, um, yeah, no Popeyes. Also, KFC do not do biscuits. (laughs) Well, what we call biscuits. Yeah, well, they don't do those either. What? Then what's even the point? They're not a thing here, Matt. The the thing you call biscuits just don't exist. No, you cannot get them any. Maybe in a special American place, maybe. So not but... even if you go to barbecue, they don't even have like a cornbread no. biscuit. No. Y'all need to be fixed. I have literally never tried one of these things, Matt. I've never seen them sold anywhere. It's a bread roll, right? Like, do you guys just call them something different? No. No, not no, what you've I'm got. Good. No, we have lots of variations of bread that go with do, the meal. Do do not get started on the name of a bread roll. Because that yeah. is a national debate. It's a roll. You call it a roll. I don't care. Uh, when I went to Tim's wedding and I met uh, Stu and, and Helen, and they tried to explain to me what a crumpet was, <laughs> and I, I still am not 100% sure. And she goes, that's okay. Most of the people in the country don't know what an actual crumpet is either. So it they, was, they, it was they were probably funny. wrong anyway, because England have the wrong definition of a crumpet. It's yeah, fine. No, we don't. There you go. And this is what... <laughs> That's what I'm sure Helen was referring to. So, uh, anyways, biscuits are the whole reason I go to fried chicken places. Anyways, um, if y'all ever, if you ever here, check out a Popeyes. It's, yeah, oh, yeah, it's so biscuits good. and racist white gravy. Yeah, no, thank you. That's not. No, it's brown gravy. Thank you. I've seen it's the pictures. I've, I've, you... I've seen the white gravy. Vile. Yeah, that's that's country gravy. Okay. Um, and there's sausage in it. It's lovely. I... KFC gravy is fantastic. Yeah. KFC gravy's all right, yeah. Y'all Honestly... got mashed potatoes, though, right? At KFC? At KFC? No. Occasionally. Yeah. They do it as a limited thing every so often. Oh, my God. I, I, what is this bizarre world? I, I, I love mashed potatoes, but I've never I've never seen them in a KFC. <laughs> so, like, here, our, our main setup for KFC is fried chicken, cold slaw, mashed potatoes, biscuits, and sometimes mac and cheese. Depending on the, depending on you know which KFC yeah. you're at. I mean, um, I've never seen mac and cheese in a KFC either, but I don't like mac and cheese, so I'm okay with that. No, can... but I, you get that at a lot of barbecue places. Unlike yeah. the, the yeah. biscuits, you do get that at barbecue places. Yeah. I do not. So is it KFC. just chicken? 
well, you, fries. You've got, like, chicken and fries. Uh, obviously, you got the the chicken burgers as well as just you know the yeah. yeah. Well, the typically, um, I get the boneless banquet, which, which gets you some some big bits of strips. chicken, gets you some uh, the the popping chicken, and mm-hmm. I'll get a side of gravy. You can get sweet corn or beans instead, though, if you like. Or coleslaw. Or coleslaw. Um, and you get fries with that. That's typically the my uh, go to with the KFC. So are they actual fries or like wedges? Actual fries. Okay. Here we have wedges. I think they do too. wedges as well, though. I think that's an option. I've never this seen that. This is blowing my I mind. I wouldn't doubt it. Mm. Blowing my mind. <laughs> now I want Popeyes. I didn't even want so, Popeyes, but no. this is the thing. When KFC ran out of chicken, they just. Didn't they had nothing. Anything. They had drinks. Yeah, to serve. that's what I'm saying. Like, Most I could see closed. people. Yeah, I could see people going and still getting sides, right? Because, but with the sides that you guys just got, I'm sure there's better places to get said oh, sides. Yeah. You know, are in the gravy. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, yeah right. most of them just closed for a month. Yeah, I, uh, I, 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 it's weird though. I actually like. I, I, don't, I didn't have fast food much anyway recently for a long time yeah. but i have basically completely quit it just because i've given up cheese and every other place except kfc like i need cheese and whatever i get so why did you give up cheese are you okay i'm just, I'm just, just trying to be healthier without cheese what's uh, the point though connor yeah what's the point that's the best part of the burger yeah oh like you get like that's I'm pretty sure like a whopper in burger king doesn't come with cheese as standard oh i never get a yeah, whopper though I know the hair doesn't. Yeah. Uh, my, my boss, there's a weird place called In-N-Out. I'm sure you guys have heard me talk about it. It's like best burgers on the planet. I'll fight anybody who disagrees. But uh, You've mentioned uh, it once or twice, yes. <laughs> yeah, so my, my boss had a bunch of free you know, like coupons and whatnot. So she went and got everybody lunch. And um, she forgot <laughs> to get cheese on mine. And I didn't realize it till I was about halfway done with my burger because I was so hungry. So that, that's one that uh, In-N-Out's so good that you don't need cheese. I would say, but it's better with it. You know, it's taking it from like a nine and a half to a ten when you have the cheese. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, I'm worried about Pete. He's not drinking soda as much. He's not eating cheese. Pretty soon he's gonna be keeping normal hours. Oh, never. No, that's never happened. <laughs> I have to keep some vases, Matt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't, I haven't had uh, Taco Bell in a week. Oh. So hey. Yeah. yeah, that'll last about another twelve hours, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, try four. That's it. I have, <laughs> I have been munching on these Pringles today. I've got these fancy tandoori chicken Pringles. I'm shocked that you've still got any left because, p- personal experience, I opened one of those tubs of Pringles. They're gone in about twelve. Minutes. Oh no, there's already so half gone. You can't stop. I, I that's, that's their logo. I opened them a couple hours ago. I ate oh, half right. of them. I just saved half for later because I want to look forward to some later. <laughs> that's basically the reason why I stopped. <laughs> I remember going camping with my dad when I was real young, and uh, squirrels got into the food tent, and they ate all his Pringles, and he was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, they ate a bunch of everything else, but not his Pringles. That that was the line. Uh, so, and I'm thinking about this. My dad had me, and my parents had me when they were really young. So if I'm about three or four, my dad's only 20 years older than me. So he's about 26, 27. And... Uh, very mad about his Pringles, and, and it cracks me up. <laughs> they, they, took, they took my diabetes medication. They took my inhaler. Yeah. They took all these things that I need to live. But my dog died Pringles! <laughs> my Pringles. You don't touch those. <laughs> so I'm, just, I'm just laughing at somebody around my brother's age. Full-on kid. Full-on taking him camping. Utmost stakes. 
But he's super mad they got no Sprinkles, and it and it fills me with joy. <laughs> All right, should we do Celestis? <laughs> yeah, let's oh. do Celestis. Okay, so Celestis that. Uh, so we actually. Uh, this is a weird order. I, I guess it's just. Oh, it's just alphabetical. Never mind. Well, I can't because action comics is not start. I don't know. It's weird. We'll just go in order. That news around the house. It's fine. Mine, the mine has them starting with uh, action. Uh, mine does not start with action. Uh, I thought it was going to be all the horror books first, but it's just one and then it goes into a Batman book. So I don't think there are any other horror books this month. In October? Yeah, I think it's just, just the one. one. Oh, fair enough then. Okay. I'm just. I'm See, I just have. I just have November. Oh, that's why. That's why you're looking at the wrong one. <laughs> We're on yeah. October, man. Yeah, the November ones. There's only a handful. They're the ones with the acetate covers. Yeah, we'll, we'll get yeah. to them. We'll get to them. Well, after. We can leave them till November, solicits. There's nothing interesting in them. I'll have a quick lads. I'll see what's there. But like, right, let's go October. So we start with basket full of heads. The Joe Hell comic talked about this when it was announced. Um, this is the one. I'm just I'm, I'm I'm skimming the description really no, quickly. This, the the, the, this the, is the, the one with the axe that keeps them alive yeah. after you decapitate. Them. Ah, there yeah, you go. Yeah, it's a Viking axe, yeah. and so, I got so excited. So this is Joe Hill writing Leo Max uh, on the art. Uh, six issues, issue one. So, um, and it's a four dollar book, but it's got a five dollar cardstock variant, which I assume is going to be a, a consistent thing with these solicits probably. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of them will have that. Uh, there we have the Batman's Grave. This is the Warren Ellis book we found out about last week. Uh, Twelve yeah. issue series. Um, uh, Brian Hitch and Kevin Nolan on the art. So that's coming out in October as well. Uh, that is a week two book. Um, obviously the horror books on the thirtieth of October. So that's a week five book. Um, that month. Yeah, I think I went. I went through and did a picture of just how many books we have on each week. Uh-huh. Oh boy, that, that, there might have to be some cuts. <laughs> oh yeah, not might, there will be. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to make any decisions though until I get closer to time and see what else well, I, I would like to cut. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing with the Joe Hill ones. As, as great as I'm sure they're all going to be, I don't know if I need to read them for the show. You know? Like, um, I might just here's the thing. those. Here's the thing though, I think I'm at the point with a couple of the books where I'm, I'm like teetering on quality that I'd rather read the Joe Hill horror books. Uh, instead for, for like, some weeks uh, week two we have 15 books out potentially yes potentially yeah barring delays and whatever else happens uh, of course yeah um next up we got issue one of birds of prey which is on the week five as well interestingly so i, I guess it's nice to spreading them out in october a little bit with the regular books coming out then find these solicits and they're not coming up this is a uh, brian azarello writing i got you matt Emmanuel right. Lucchino and Ray McCarthy uh, on the art. So again, we just found out about this in the last week or so. Um, I'm skeptical on it, but YouTube are more excited. So yeah, well, you're I, just I upset. don't see what's not to like about this. Azarello, Lupacino. I read Birds of Prey. I read plenty of Birds of Prey without Babs. I mean, don't ask me to name them right now, but I have. What the new Fifty Two? Maybe. Only oh, oh, I can think Shh. of. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> no, look, this this has got Montoya as a major character. Uh, you know, we got everyone else there. What what's not to like about this? It's a great cover. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we got the Joker Year of the Villain one shot. This is out on the week two. This is the John Carpenter written book. This is this is the one that I would most likely drop in a busy week. But at the same time, I'm so fascinated by the idea of John Carpenter writing this. That I kind of want to read it. I'm just fascinated. Uh, yeah. So that's on the week two. Uh, then we have the Black Adam, You're the Villain one shot. 
Uh, Paul Jenkins writing Anaki Miranda on the art. This is out on week four. It's a horrible uh, Ramita Jr. cover. Oh, I just clicked on it. You oh, God, just... that... Yeah, that face. Oh. Connor, to save time, just say it's a John Romita cover. Junior. <laughs> yeah, the one horrible was redundant. That's a good point. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, wait, what? you said it was a Romita. I was like, are you just knocking off Junior there? I forgot yeah, I yeah. horrible. Uh, there we have Joker Harley Criminal and, sorry, Criminal Sanity issue one. Um, did we know about this? Yeah, we, this came out. We'd heard about this a while ago, I think, though. Uh, Cami Garcia writing uh, with Miko Suan and Mike Mayhew on the art. Wasn't well, this one of the Zoomer Inc. books that got pushed over to... No, this is a Black Label book. So, uh, yeah, it's a Black, Black Label, Label, that's right. Uh, in Gotham City, where Phoenix acts of violence are a daily occurrence, the GCPD relies on Harley Quinn. Oh, that's going to go well. Uh, a young forensic psychiatrist uh, and profiler to consult with the toughest cases. But Harley's haunted by an unsolved case. The night she discovered her roommate's body marked with the signature of the notorious serial killer known as the Joker. So this, this is yeah, this is like her like different origin essentially. Mm. Um, and it's by Cami Garcia, you said, which is the Raven and yeah, um, upcoming Beast Boy. Yeah, so which is probably why you thought maybe it was a Zoom or Ink thing. Yeah, so yeah, that's probably. So those new murders, like in present day or five years later. So I mean, this isn't on continuity, so it doesn't have to match up with the time, you know mainline dc yep. but uh so harley gets involved again um and then that so that was out on week two uh yeah. next up but we worth have noting though on that that's prestige format double sized yep. and it's nine issues total and presumably bi-monthly like most of these yeah nine double-sized movies. issues that is a hefty hefty yeah. and it's yeah and it's a one of those eight and a half by you know ten issue yeah. issue big, one is going to have beasts. to have to wow me you can't be reading that do you know what may happen with a couple of these like black label one shot books on week two if week two is so goddamn big is that i could see is just saying this officially moved like two or three of them to week three since week three is always dead maybe that may be the the easy solution to that um uh joker killer smile is up next this is a jeff lemire joker book with andrea sorrentino on the art this is out on week five uh this is also a double-sized prestige book three issues though so more of a normal length of one of these this is the, this is the standard we expect from yeah. these the the prestige yeah. three issues that's kind of six issues over the six months is that is that white cover new i don't remember that one yeah uh, i think I, I definitely the... saw that last week. It was, it was buried in the article somewhere. Was it? Yeah. That's I remember the, the Carrie green one. one. I, yeah. I the green one, but um, so that's 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 cool. That's cool. Um, next up, what's this? The last God issue one is this? Uh, that's the the fantasy book. Yeah, that's the fantasy book. Is that is that black label as well? Because it says mature. It is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We we did talk so about one this that one that Connor's very excited for. Yeah. I am because it looks fantastic. That's also week five. I, Joe, I will say this: looking to these solicits, we're going to have a very diverse mixture of books in October, if nothing else. There's a lot of different, out of like mainline continuity stuff coming. Yeah, uh, definitely. Which can make for some interesting discussions, if nothing else. Um, even if we're a little bit more scattershot over who's reading what, because I don't need to read Last God. You can. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't even know if I'll read it for the show. It's so it's not even a DC book, even remotely at that mm. point. Uh. And there's eight other books on that week, um, not counting that one. So until Etrigan shows up, and then you're yeah. like, "Damn." Well, yeah. Don't say that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, we have Legion of Superheroes Millennium issue two. Uh, this is on week one. It's the Bendis yep. book, obviously. A um, uh, few artists, so you know, excited for that. See, see how this goes. 
Um, mm-hmm. Hell, even I'm excited, a little bit excited for a Legion book. That's, that's like the, the futures of DC all coming together. It's very mm-hmm. exciting. Uh, then we get Metal Man, or sorry, Metal Man issue one. Uh, this is out in week three. This is the Dan Didio book that got announced in the last couple of weeks. Um, 12 issue book. So uh, there you go. Um, then we have RWBY issue one. Ruby. Ruby. Oh, that's it. Okay. This is the one I, I mentioned a week or two yeah. ago. This is the, the, rooster, the teeth. rooster Teeth one. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Um, that's a lot of the band churches where you look at it and go, how the hell did I pronounce that? And then once you tell them, I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I see what they're doing. It, it kind of makes you sense. You mean Chaverches? Chaverches, yes. <laughs> James hates it when I do that. Oh uh, dear. Uh, Saman Universe Presents Hellblazer Issue 1. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a bigger Issue 1. It's, it's a $5.40 page book. This it's is a, out in week 5. Yeah, this is a one-shot and then you'll get an actual issue one the following month right, so, just, uh, so presumably just Hellblazer. it's just called Hellblazer, yeah, uh, when yeah. it gets going proper. Okay. Um, so yeah, this is, I mean, this is one that I can skip because I'm, I'm, I'm not a Hellblazer guy, but... Um, yeah, this seems although it's... it does come out the day before Halloween, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I assume this is one you're going to try, Connor. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been digging the, the Sandman Universe stuff uh, uh, as a whole because it's been pretty fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so, looking forward to it. Um, then we have Secrets of Sinister House. Oh, they're doing a horror, like, 80-page one-shot again? Uh, anthology? Uh, yeah. yeah, although not on the 30th, for no. some weird reason. Yeah, it's on week two. Um, which, if we have, like, 14, 15 books, yeah, not a chance in hell this is getting, <laughs> getting read. Yeah. But uh, worth mentioning, they have Paul Denny, uh, Raphael Albuquerque, Raphael Scavone, Brian Hill, and Dan Waters amongst the writers. And uh, we have art by Raphael Albuquerque, uh, I feel like I should know how to pronounce that. Looks like an Irish name. Yep. Maybe Sean or Sean. It's probably Sean. Sean. Yeah. Maybe Sean. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, that's that's Sean under the influence of whiskey. I'm just going to call him. Is. I'm going to call him Ian. The sea's silent. Sean. <laughs> uh, Jorge Fornes and others. It, it, apparently, it's it's actually just Kean. It's oh, it's just how it's, it looks. It's, it's their equivalent of keen. Oh, that's just how it looks. I'm surprised by that, but yeah. on you go. Um, oh boy, Superman smashes the clan is next. This, yeah, buddy. This is out on week three. This is an eighty-page book of three issues. So there's going to be three eighty-page books of this. Yeah. Eight dollars. That is now, hefty. That makes sense because we, originally we were under the impression it was going to be a you know a, a graphic a novel. Shot. So yeah. that kind of lines up. Yeah, but this is this is bigger than what I would like. I would, I would expect two of these to make a graphic novel. So this is a bit bigger than one graphic novel, I'd say. I mean, two hundred forty odd pages is a reasonably sized graphic novel. You get those. I guess I just I feel like most graphic novels I read tend to be about one hundred and sixty. I feel like they always seem to fall into a very similar range for me. Fair enough. Um, You're just reading the wrong ones. Um, so this being eighty pages, uh, I do want to cover for the show, but <laughs> might. Might have to do a special. It is on a week three. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm just saying, I don't know if I'm going to have time to, to get it because it's 80. You know what I mean? But what I would I say is, for this one, you don't necessarily have to get to it the week it comes out. If you get to it the following true. week or maybe the week five yeah, of that true. month, okay. then I think that's Worth fine. Knowing, the week three that we have penciled in is officially eight books. Reality mm-hmm. will be seven. We'll get to that. Uh, yeah, so seven books. This is one of them. So it's kind of mm-hmm. six plus. I mean, this is like four, admittedly. So it's kind of like reading yeah. ten books. 
That's, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. It's a busy October. Right. I mean, this is what we're learning. <laughs> this is what I was... Do you, do you remember, like, three months ago when people were like, oh, DC's dying, they're going to publish no, no more books? <laughs> we literally can't handle all these books come October. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll do so. I mean, if you want to cover it, Matt, we'll, I mean, I, I have no problem reading this either. I, I, I'm, I'd am i be curious I, to check yeah, this no, out. Yeah, I want to read this. Um, oh, yeah. boy. It's every other month, 80 pages. Uh, maybe we could do this as a bonus thing or something. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it closer to the time, see if we want to try and work something out. Or or even... I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, uh, next up we got Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Batman Nightfall issue 1. So one shot, $6, 48 pages. Look at all these bigger books that they're putting out. All these one shots that are like huge. Um, and I can't believe some of these bi-monthly books are like 68 pages. You know, they're going nuts with this. Yeah. Um, also, why are you chatting to Matt? My phone's vibrating over at the side because... Well, Matt sent a message saying Skype's a dick. <laughs> and I was like, what's go- what's wrong with it? Oh, I think he's frozen. Oh, he's frozen. Oh, he's left. Oh, there you go. That's why That's why he's being... We didn't dick. even notice. <laughs> it's a little bit odd Matt was being that quiet. <laughs> oh, Matt's back. That's exciting. Um... Yeah. <laughs> we, we totally noticed he's gone totally, totally noticed straight away uh, so yeah Tales of the Dark Multiverse Batman Nightfall issue 1 is out on week 3 and yep. uh, is a $6.48 page book uh, and then likewise Tales from the Dark Multiverse The Death of Superman issue 1 also a one shot is out on week 5 uh, $6.48 pages so same format for both of those um, now so, next up I know you're gonna, you'd usually skip over these but I'm intrigued because there's a lot of giants, yeah. Flash, Batman, Wonder Woman. Now, uh, these these are mostly reprints, but they do all say includes, you know, X amount of new pages yeah. of uh, of new stories. And I have um, not heard anything about these anywhere. Mains doesn't say anything about new things on them. Yeah, Batman Giant number one includes 24 pages of new stories plus classic oh. reprints. Oh, okay. Yeah, Let's see. DC um, Ghost Giant. I have no idea what DC Ghost is. No. Uh, DC Villains includes 32 pages of new stories. I have no idea what any of these are. Um, I have no, no idea. idea. What's there's that? A, there's a ton of them as well. Like There's like yeah, 10 of them. There's, there's quite a lot. They're pretty much one a week. And th- these actually backdate into September and go all the way through November. And funnily enough, they've got a Scooby-Doo one, which is just their formatted with the rest of them. It's the same format. It's the same page count, same price, the same... You know, yeah, and, uh, and it's worth mentioning. You know, most of it is reprints, and it's priced accordingly. It's a five dollar book. For, you know, it's ninety six pages. So I mean, they're pricing it kind of reasonably yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, there's no idea. teams attached to these new stories. No covers. No, I don't know. Have any idea what these are? But I just wanted to mention them. I have to imagine they're probably not important, but because otherwise, they, yeah. they wouldn't just shit the milk with this, and then <laughs> you, you'd think, wouldn't you? So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so that wraps up the new stuff. So then we get to the regular meat of the potatoes of the, the solicits. We have Action Comics 1016. Um, and obviously all these are typically on their usual weeks, uh, as you'd yeah. expect them. Uh, which is obviously for Action Usually Week 4. Uh, Ackerman 53. Um, we have an Ackerman Annual on Week 4, not Week 5. Uh, very interesting. Um, with Ackerman- a co-writer. Yeah, Aquaman Annual Issue 2. Uh, so yeah, Kelly Sue the Conic and Vita Ayala? Ayala? Is that his surname? Ayala? Which yeah, I definitely Ayala. recognize the name. Um, she's definitely written some DC stuff before. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've encountered Vita stuff before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a year of the villain tie-in issue, which makes me less excited about it, admittedly. But. Yeah, but it's MC based Founders Day Festival. And it's about uh, Aquaman's love... missing dog. Yeah. Oh, maybe it may be a delightful story about Aquaman and his dog. Then. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't wouldn't dare say otherwise. Uh, we got Batgirl issue forty. Still Cecil Castellucci writing that. And Gian Domenico on the art as well, which is we'll talk about their first issue later today because that's that's yeah. what we got this week. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, Batman eighty uh, and eighty one, um, art by John Romita Jr. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Remember when we were told this arc was all going to be Tony Daniel? I think at one point. <laughs> no. I mean, it's not just Jr., but he's one of two artists. Klaus uh, Janssen, the regular collaborator. Uh, Jensen was also res- uh, co-responsible for that Black Adam cover earlier. So, uh, is this how we go out with this King run? We go out with Romita Jr. <laughs> it looks like it might be fi- final five or six issues. Oh God! Oh God! Uh, there's a fourth Batman annual out on week five. Five five dollars for eight pages. Yeah. Um. Two unique stories uh, by Batman mastermind Tom King. Uh, we got Lee Weeks and Jorge Fornes on the art. Yeah, so I think I'm more excited about that than the than the actual main issues because that'll yeah. just be keep doing a, a one shot, which typically I've enjoyed most of those. Yeah, like and it's, so, uh, some of those have been his best. Yep. Him and him and Weeks reteaming plus uh, Jorge Fornes. Yeah, yeah, who we've been George. seeing a lot during the main book recently as well. So yeah, I mean, yeah, it's fantastic. So I can't. Batman, Batman in space. So which James would be so mad. Yeah, uh, we got Curse of the White Knight issue two. Or sorry, issue four. Sorry, issue two. Yeah, that. issue four. Uh, again, five dollars for just a typical page count, which is sucks a little bit. Not great, um, but that said, this this first issue felt longer um it, it has a lot of, i think it has a lot of backup material uh, mm-hmm. a lot it, of like sketches and uh pencil work which is it feels helps. weird to me not to include that in the page count in the solicit though maybe that's just a standard thing is you don't include the yeah this is just material. you know 32 pages of story and then well that's the thing though it's not though like an actual comic has 20 pages of story yeah. and then yeah this definitely and, has more well, than that of story this yeah. has closer to 30 pages of story this first issue yeah, mm-hmm. that's so. I, I'm not sure how they're counting the page count here for these uh, Curse of the I White Knight. I issues. wonder if it just doesn't have ads. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah, Spoiler true. for later. Um, that's fine. I will give me as much <laughs> as they want to give me. I'll pay for it. Um, <laughs> there we go. Batman Note Series issue six. Um, you know, continuing things. Yeah. Um, Batman Note Series annual issue one on the week five, um, with Max Rayner stepping in for the art. Uh, the soul of Katana's husband, uh, Mazio, is experiencing great unrest within her sword. The Outsiders must find a way to relieve him, or else the blade itself may shatter, unleashing not only Mazo, but whatever unknown spirits and sorcery are trapped within him uh, in the Pandora's, Pandora's box of Katana's blade. So, Katana focused one shot in the annual. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. I got Batman Beyond 37. Uh, we got... Batman Creature of the Night issue four. See, that's still not out yet. Are you... No, I, I, that was my reaction when I saw that. So I was like, "Holy oh. shit!" I thought that had finished like a year ago. And I, 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 I like those first two issues a lot. I think I'm going to love reading that whole thing start to finish. But at this point, I will be reading the whole thing start to I'm finish. Just, just going to check. The first issue came out. Anyone like to hazard a guess? I'm going to guess sometime 2017. Matt. 
Uh, a bit more specific. Care to guess when the first issue of this came out? Of Creature of the Night? Yeah. Mm -hmm. October 2016. Okay. Pete, do you want to get more specific in 2017? I'm going to say Q1. Okay. Well, you're both overshooting it a bit. It was November 2017. Still, though. But, yeah. I remember it came out around uh, Halloween, so... I, I wait, oh, so you're telling me this has only just barely beaten Doomsday Clock, barely. even though they started yeah, at the same time. Four issues. <laughs> uh, I I remember this when this came out because it was the weekend I was I wasn't here on the show because I was going to uh, the the Harry Potter studio tour. Yeah. So I remember it came out that week and I was like, Jesus, that that was that long ago. How is this not finished? So just I mean I like I like the first issue. I think it's going to be a great book once it's all done. This has taken an absurd amount of time though. Uh, so I, I, I'm not surprised if, you know, this issue four gets almost no purchases just because it's been so goddamn long. Everyone's waiting for the trade now. Everyone's just like, no, I'll, I'll read the book when it's a done thing. Uh, yeah. so, uh, you got that, uh, Batman Superman issue three. <laughs> so, sorry. I actually just read the solicit of Creature of the Night. It's the unmissable finale of one of the best reviewed miniseries of the year. Of uh, which year? Yeah, not which this year. year. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So, Batman Superman issue three, that's still going. Um, and then we have Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, three issue six. So that's wrapping up in October. Uh, Batman V's Razal Ghul issue three. This is the Neil Adams uh, 12 issue, or sorry, six issue book, which yeah. we, we're I staying away from. The first issue actually got delayed by about a few weeks, maybe a month. Um, AKA Hard Pass. Yeah. yeah. Catwoman 16. Um, Still not a final issue. I keep looking for it. Yeah, I, I do as well. I'm expecting it every every time. I'm I'm just not, I'm just not convinced it's long for this world. But uh, I mean, Jill Jones though, is back on the art at uh, least. Yeah, and then this arc it seems like it's back to doing the you know, Creel stuff. So um, I might have to check it out when it's all said and done. Hmm. Uh, Deathstroke for eight. Uh, yeah, that's still a thing. Priest still going strong. Uh, deceased issue five. Uh, obviously pumped about that. Uh, Except for the, the movie cover. They're getting more and more depressing. Interestingly, uh, issue 6 is also October. They're doing uh, Week 1's get issue 5, and then they're doing issue 6, the final issue, on the day before Halloween at the end of the month, which yeah. makes a lot that of makes sense. sense. Doesn't it? Makes a lot of sense. I like that. What's the... Uh... That's Detective Champ. Oh, it's the Critters one, yeah. Yeah. This, this one's... I mean, I like Critters, and I, I like the way this cover looks. I think it's a bit of a stretch, though, making him look like Detective uh, look, 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 critters. I don't think he has the right body shape to really make it the comparison work. A little bit, but I mean, yeah. What are you gonna do? They're scraping the bottom of the barrel for their. their I mean, they did like three Conjuring universe movies in a row. They did. Yeah. The actual yeah, Conjuring mean, one was so good. Yeah, the the seasoning still up there is one of the best. Yeah. I'm still annoyed that's not the title of that issue. Yeah. Uh, very possibly, very possibly. I wonder actually if that's why we ended up with that that one shot. It was because so they could do the last issue in time for Halloween. So they wanted Maybe. to. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, I, I could see it. Uh, Detective Comics one thousand thirteen and one thousand fourteen, uh, both out in October. Um, so that's the thing. Uh, and I think what something we have to keep reminding ourselves of here is that come New Year, we're actually going to single shipping in all these double shipping books. There's not a ton of them mm -hmm. left, but it's enough that, you know, Flash and Wonder Woman will be down to one. Well, is... yeah, what have we got? Flash, Wonder Woman, Justice League, Detective, Tech, Batman. Justice League. Yeah, Justice League. So. 
And yeah. Flash and Wonder Woman both help week two uh, or four, whatever one they end up not being on. No one are like they'll both be on week two still. Yeah, um, probably. So Event Leviathan issue five is out uh, in October. Oh, those covers look great. Yeah, they do look really good. Uh, you get Flash issue eighty and issue eighty one. Uh, so that's going on, which is neat. Uh, flash forward issue two. <laughs> nope, not on my next. Um, it hurts how good those Doc Shana covers are, though. Yeah. Freedom Fighters issue 10's out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go. Uh, Gotham City Monsters issue 2 is out. This is the Steve Orlando book, um, which obviously started in September. Um, has some people fairly excited. I, I was kind of intrigued, and now I've seen the amount of books that are actually in, uh, in October, oh. and I'm going, do I need to read this? Well, I mean, um, issue 1's in a quieter month, so you can read issue 1 and then, then make a, then a choice. Then I, I read this solicit and uh they're going to somewhere called monster town and yep i have to i, I can't not yeah yeah i mean even with cuts mad you're just gonna have to accept that october's going to be one of your most densely packed comic months in a while <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> oh dear uh, i can't see november being significantly better True, but at least all the new things that come out in October, um, you can make some choices about which ones you want to keep uh, in November. There's, there's, there's some positives. Um, of course, I do love that they're doing this in October when I have the October-thon to contend with um, and other commitments. So thanks for that, DC, you pricks. Um, yeah. Uh, we got the Green Lantern issue 12 uh, coming out in, in October. Yeah, which actually is kind of the final issue. Yep. If you read the solicit text, uh, so it mentions there's no Green Lantern 13 next month, but uh, Morrison is crafting the next chapter of this story and it's coming soon, only there's no Green Lantern in the title. So they're doing like a sequel book, they're not doing a continuation Yeah, so they'll exactly. be doing a sequel book, presumably with Hal, I, I assume, but not as a Green Lantern, maybe? Yeah, this is so cool that we completely uprooted, uh, uprooted all Green Lantern properties so Grant Morrison can go play in a goddamn sandbox. Look, thanks, DC. I would be very happy to have other Green Lantern books hey, alongside Matt, this. The upside is, what? though, Matt, is that if they're officially taking it away from Green Lantern with the second part, they may actually yeah, announce a new Green Lantern book for November, December. That's yeah, other characters. I maybe. hope. That'd be I'm misreading. I'm misreading Jess and and Kyle and yeah. Guy. And I, John. I would think it probably won't be till the new year at this point if they didn't announce it during Comic Con with everything else. Uh, maybe they're not announce a whole lot for November or December though. But admittedly, December doesn't tend to be a time where they start a lot of things, just for reasons. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so Green Lantern issue twelve is out. Uh, Harleen issue two. This is the Sejic, uh, Harley Quinn book, the mm-hmm. Black Label. This is prestige format. Every other month, uh, sixty four pages, eight dollars. Um, as much as this is a big book, I think I want to read it just for the art. Yeah, bloody Sejic. Sejic's that damn good that on that week four, I'm like going to try and screw it. I'm just going to, I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm accepting that I, I'm going to have to spend like multiple days reading books in October because oh, oh the horror. Because well, this is the thing. I've got into this habit right now where I typically can just read all my books on a Saturday before the show. It's just, it's just my weekly routine now. It's my, yeah. I, I enjoy my Saturday morning reading my books. That's what I do. Uh, Must I be nice. I can't do that in October. <laughs> I can't do that any week. <laughs> no, if I don't if I don't get started on on Wednesday, as as soon as I can, I'm not gonna finish. 
yeah. I mean, you are you are gimpy your time zone, Matt, a little bit because you obviously start right to the start of your day on a Saturday. Yeah, and um, well, no, I I have to start on on yeah. Well, yeah. I I also often work Saturdays, so yeah. I I will often finish work an hour before we start recording on a Saturday. Uh, yeah, so that was the, the first of all these Harley books. Then we got Harley Quinn 66. Humphreys is still writing that. Uh, so that's coming. And then we have Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy issue 2. This is the Jodie Hauser book. Um, Which they have announced so many books in the last month, I forgot this yeah, existed. As did I. I had yeah. completely. As, and, and Andrea, Adriana Milo on the art, who I like from Plastic Man as well. Yeah, yeah and a giant cover. Like, stop it, DC. Calm down. Calm down. We don't yeah. have enough time. <laughs> For all these books. Uh, Hawkman 17's out in October. Um, oh, continuing on. Uh, is Pat O'Leaf and Tom Palmer the the artists we've been expecting on this? Or have they been rotating? That sounds familiar uh, from the last issue. Yeah. Sure, sure. Um, Inferior 5 issue 2. Keith yep. Giffen and Jeff Lemire. This is the... Uh, Arizona. Yeah, yeah. The, the Dominators uh, oh. after Invasion. Oh, yeah. Again, I had completely forgotten this existed. I, I'm glad yeah, you had I remembered this yep. because I didn't. And I'll be skipping it because, you know, too many books. 12, 12 well, issues see, as well. Last month, I was like, yeah, I'm down for this. This sounds great. Yeah. This month, ooh, well, ooh maybe, maybe not. Like I said, all the stuff that starts in September, you can try them in September and it'd be like, well... Yeah, but I don't want to try it in September and love issue one. And then, and go, then be like, yep. Yeah, but then you may hate all the books you try in October. As well, you should have stuck with the book in September. Yeah, good thing. Good thing the internet has all these books when you want them. <laughs> you know, just go to Comixology and be like, "Oh, hey." Oh yeah, because book I didn't download. Because try to catch up for for the following month's issue is always a. I mean, it probably easy would get time. caught up. It would just be a case of I would read it. Yeah. Um, Justice League thirty three and thirty four are coming out. Um, yeah, just as doing more is happening, I guess. Hypertime quakes. This is feeling like a crisis. Yeah. Uh, Just League Dark issue 6 is out. Just League Odyssey issue 14 is out. Dan Abnett's still pulling his weight on there. Bless him. Doing his best. Yeah, it still him. exists. There you go, Pete. You want to be reading Jessica Cruz, so you know where to find her. Piss off. <laughs> well, a good Jessica Cruz book. Uh, you got Lois Slade issue 4. Rucka, oh. of course, and Perkins still doing the thing. That's got a Lupacino Lois cover, and I've. Oh, man. Oh, it's so good. Oh, yeah. Uh, <sighs> Martian Manhunter issue 9. Orlando still continue with that. Uh, Nightwing 65 Juggins, but it's still Rick of course Nightwing annual issue 2 uh, on the week 5 so you get a double dose of Rick they're actually doing something that was teased back in the Higgins Nightwing run uh-huh. uh, which was the, the Talon dick uh... <laughs> you know about the dick Talon yeah <clears throat> yeah. the grace on a Gotham oh, yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I wish... will Rick Grayson at last become the gray son of Gotham he was destined to be? So yeah, they're, they're kind of playing with that. Hey DC, I... why don't you get your crap together? Give Kyle Higgins Nightwing back and just let's do it, please. Ah, uh, yeah. there's better people to put on Nightwing. Yeah, but yeah, we but... we know Higgins. It's consistency. He's tried and tested. We know he wants to do more. Yep. Okay, I mean, I just I wouldn't be super pumped. It was it was kind of like when they put uh, Tomasi on Detective. It was like, okay, that's a solid choice in theory. Although obviously I'd, we weren't super, I'd be super about it. pumped just because it wouldn't be Rick Grayson. Yep. 
Well, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, they put Jurgens on it, and it was still Rick Grayson. It's not like the writer uh, change uh, mattered well, before. It's, but it's still Rick Grayson. Would only come back if it was for Dick. Dick, right? Okay. Okay. He's coming for all that he's, dick. He's coming back for dick. All right. Just, yeah. just so we're, we're clear on this. Yeah. Uh, Red Hood Outlaw issue 39's out. Uh, Connor will be still, reading that, of still course. Still not a final issue. <laughs> oh, Bryce Doom's back. Who's back? Doomed. Oh, that good. was that, you know, that, that not Doomsday book that oh. Dell had. In oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, for you could look forward to that. Uh, Shazam issue 11, although there's no way that's actually coming out on this date. Uh, more no. than that. I'll just mention it here, because um, they're claiming issue eleven is coming out when the sixteenth, sixteenth right. October. Yeah. yeah. So I, th- I think we've spoken about it every oh, week, every week for the last month or so. But Shazam issue seven onwards have been pushed back again. So issue seven is now due August twenty eighth, eight September eleventh, ninth September twenty five, and issue ten October fifth. So they're planning two months in a row with two issues each. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, just boom, stop boom. soliciting it. Just wait. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, I will enjoy reading it when it comes out. But yeah, Ooh. they've been pushing it a lot. Uh, <laughs> we got Supergirl issue 35. Um, so that's still going strong. Superman 16, of course. Uh, Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. Issue 4 is coming out. Um, Matt's favorite book, Superman Year One, issue 3 mm. is out. <laughs> That um, Miller cover. <laughs> oh boy. I'm clicking on it. Hold on. That's, some, no, that's something else. Even oh my god. Why, why does Wonder Woman's head look bulkier than Superman's head? I'm confused by this. I, why does the tiara cover like her entire face? Why does she have Bruce Campbell's chin? Why is her head pointing in a completely different direction to her body? in that pose. Also, what leg is that? Is that the left leg or the right leg? I can't tell. It's a good question. <laughs> oh, so, I actually, they may be publishing too many books. There's, there's, a, there's so many like 60 to 80 page books in October. I, I, like, I can't imagine them all selling amazing. I really can't. But we'll see. Maybe they'll all do better than the regular books, or maybe they, maybe these prestige books are the ones that make the money now. I mean, we'll, I guess we'll find out. Um, but yeah, uh, Teen Titans 35 is out. That's still going. Terrific's 21. Uh, still not a final issue. I'll, I keep checking for that as well. Um, just cause <laughs> you just kind of like got that, that expectation it's, that someday that, soon... That's... It's that and Catwoman. Although you, you're just wishful thinking with Red Hood, but that and Catwoman I actually do expect to be cancelled yeah, at some point. Is, yeah, uh... no, I admit Red Hood is wishful thinking. I don't actually expect it. The Catwoman last and, New and Age. Book standing. Like, yeah, kind of expecting it. Yeah. I mean, we always knew this one would last the longest. I just felt like it would, but... Ooh. Yeah. Two Lote Wildcats cover. <laughs> Uh, and then, of course, Wonder Woman issues 80 and 81 are both out. Um, so, that's still going. As well as an annual uh, by Orlando out on week five. Uh, oh, oh, I can skip that. Because so, yeah, so, it's an event Leviathan tie-in. Oh, so Leviathan tie-in, it's an annual. Yeah. Um, even week five seems pretty busy at this point. I, I actually... Oh, uh, yeah, we have something like uh, nine books on week five. Yeah, and a lot sk- of them are annual sized. Yeah, maybe I'll skip the Wonder Woman annual. <laughs> maybe I don't need that in my life. You see that uh, Frisian uh, cover? The for eighty one. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. That's pretty nice. Is, uh, the other cover's pretty cool too. You know, it's like 
yeah, old it's school TV tearing through. But yeah, but that yeah, like that, actually. With, with the way that it's playing with the light. Is it, is it just me? Because like, I before I clicked on the, the other cover, the cheetah one, to open it big, yeah. it looked like a Wolverine cover just from a glance because of the, yeah. the claw marks. And then I clicked on it and I was like, that also looks like a Captain America shield. Like, there's a lot of Marvel imagery going on in that, in a subtle way. Um, so that's cool. Um, and then that is it for mainline DC. Um, after that, we get to your Vertigo or your Sandman universe or whatever we're, we're calling it now. Um, oh wait, no, we got some young, uh, young Justice yeah, stuff. Yeah. We got Dallage yeah. for Hero issue eight. We got Wonder Twins issue eight. Young Justice issue nine, all down here at the bottom. Uh, forgive me for almost skipping. Yeah, how dare you? And we we got more, you know, Batman Universe issue four, Superman up in the sky four. Oh, where are they? Are they past the dollar They're, comics? They are past the dollar comics. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Titans Burning Rage three, Wonder Woman come back to me four. Oh snap. Young Justice Nine, that that solicit, as if I wasn't loving that book more. <laughs> Bendis, Bendis, weaving that tapestry here, right? Like, dear. Oh dear, oh dear. All right, that was a that was a meaty solicits this month. Yeah, meaty solicits. So, um, and bizarrely, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was because I assumed there was going to be like like a bunch of those horror books. It's just one. It's actually not that impactful to the October solicits. Yeah. So hey, all right. Well, there you go. Um, and as mentioned, there was some advanced solicits for November. Uh, nothing super shocking. It was just you know the next Batman, the next Aquaman, the next action. Um, yeah, and it wasn't even the double shipping options. That it was just the ones with the the, uh, the fancy variant take cover. Yeah, uh, I'm just quickly scanning to see if anything jumps out, but it is all just next issues of uh, some of the, the the regular ongoing books. Uh, so if you want to see some of those covers, you can. A couple of them are quite nice, obviously. Um, but it doesn't seem like anything's super worth talking about. Nah. All, all the juicy stuff will be in the actual solicits uh, next month. Um, so uh, what 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 is one of these covers? I actually don't know what this means. What, what is a acetate cover? Uh, I think it's the way that the art's the... done a little bit different. Kind of from acetate, is that not the stuff that you use on, you know, like old projectors? That was acetate sheets, wasn't it? <laughs> yep, so you're saying that it's super flammable. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you know, like the like the, the projectors you had in school, you know, you put the, the, the film sheet slides. onto it. Yeah, the slides, yeah. That's yeah. acetate, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um... So I am at, uh, it, it is the idea of you could you can project your covers. I don't. I don't know. So I'm looking. I'll let you guys know. Um, Anytime I'm on Skype, it takes away. Do you know, I had one teacher who used that, you know, the light projector thing, uh, but didn't actually have pre-printed things on the sheets. She just used a blank one, and she would just write on it. Write on it. Yeah. 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 Oh, one... that was an overhead. Yeah, I'll uh, have one teacher who did that. School. Everyone else had like printed things on uh, the, okay, the sheets. Okay. Here you but... go. I've got. Yeah. So acetate covers are comprised of a standard comic cover and then another translucent plastic cover over the top. Uh, Both covers feature detailed artwork, but the plastic cover is designed to obscure some of the art of the cover underneath, allowing for surprising reveals when the plastic cover is pulled away, revealing the thematically linked art beneath. If there's anything that sounds like a gimmick less, I'd love to know, because this is a gimmick. That sounds like great for for like a like a porn magazine, you know. So they've got clothes yeah. on, and then you lift the the front cover, and then it's like, oh, they're naked. Yeah, the I, I would put money on the fact that's already been done. Probably, yeah. 
probably. Uh, Simpsons with the Homer with the pen, where he has the yeah. <laughs> the naked lady. Yeah. In three, <laughs> two, one. Yeah, pretty good. Um, real quick, you guys are Watchmen guys because this just popped up when I was looking this up. Sure. Um, President Robert Redford was that a Doomsday Clock thing or was that in the original Watchmen? I don't remember that in the original Watchmen. I don't remember it. Okay. Well, because on the Watchmen uh, HBO show, uh, Robert Redford is playing President Robert Redford. So I thought Redford he's was re- retired. Uh, but not to play himself. <laughs> <laughs> so. Hey, hey, you want to be president? <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, you you want to, and he's he's a notoriously a liberal guy. So you you want to you want to take the steam out of Reagan, huh? So. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, that that was one of like ten trailers that came out of Comic Con that was like yeah. all over the place. Uh, I just it just came up on the side of this site that when I looked up the Astate cover. So. By the way, biggest biggest shock thing from um, Comic Con honestly is that they got Natalie Portman back. That uh, you know Marvel. That is the it's, biggest surprise for me. <laughs> and we're getting Jane Thor. Uh, Jane Thor. Which now I'm having to argue with these idiots on the internet about how Thor can't be a girl, and we're just doing six years ago again. And it uh, it frustrates the shit out of me, but I'm yeah, very excited. We, we already had that argument. Yeah, we already won that argument. Yeah, Th- yeah. Thor: Love and Thunder is actually the one out of all those announcements that I'm most excited for uh, because you got Tika Waititi, you got Lady Thor jumping in. I'm yeah. all I'm all, I'm all for this. And apparently, so him and Gunn are working together to make the narrative weave in with Guardians Volume Three. Yeah, which is coming later. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh man, again, as a DC fan, these Marvel movies, it's. It's oh man, I'm very excited. That 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 and uh, the Hawkeye show, which they're clearly taking inspiration from yes. the Fraction book. Yeah, uh, well, yep, you, yep. you got the logo. They, well, they they officially confirmed there will be Kate Bishop in it. Yep. So yep. well, and then Hawkeye. You, you talk about all the movies that are coming out and and how it looked like there was going to be seven movies in a year, and they're the TV shows, but the TV series on Disney Plus are actually going to count as movies, you know, because of the stories that they're groundworking. So they got you. If you're invested yeah. into this saga, you're watching them all. It's basically, uh, hey, you better subscribe to Disney Plus, or you're going to be missing yep. out. And yeah. uh, well, the also, first... it seems like they've thrown out the Netflix when they cast yeah, Marshall yeah. as Blade, which hell yes. Um, uh, that's neat. Obviously, it's like okay, so I guess a Blade movie's coming later as well. Then, like, I guess that's yeah. the other thing that they've yeah, they've we know there's, there's a, a Blade movie, Black Panther two, Guardians three. Those yeah. are all coming after twenty twenty one. All the stuff you know, Spider Man three as well is basically confirmed as well. You didn't yeah. say that, but no, no, no but these, hey. these are ones that that Feige has outright said are coming. So oh, I, I know, I, I know, I know. He he listed a, a set, but. Like I think the only reason why he didn't say Spider Man is because technically the the current one didn't cross the billion yet, but it has done since. Had yet, yeah. Since Comic Con, it it nosed over. And if it, hell, if I, anything, it wouldn't shock me if Spider Man three gets shoehorned into twenty twenty one because Sony yeah. wants it out quicker. It wouldn't shock me if that happens. I uh, you know, I I wasn't as invested in Endgame topping Avatar. I mean, that's cool. Like finally somebody, finally somebody knocked Cameron down, um, but. I was much more watching the Spider-Man because I've seen what Sony does with Spider-Man by himself, and it's it's not okay. Um, they're animated. I love Spider-Verse, but let's 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 let Marvel Studios do their thing. All right. Yeah, I, I will say they did they did cheat a little bit to cross that threshold. They did that that sly little re-release with like some yeah. 
unfinished Hulk visual effects in the post credits. Um, yeah. but a bit of cheeky on their their part, but whatever. Oh. And it, and it looked like it still wasn't going to make it, didn't it? Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, they literally just crossed it. Like it, it, they like, got there and no more. They they yep. scraped like yeah. just over. So. Yeah. <laughs> And now uh, I think I saw a tweet that said Disney's competing with Disney to top Disney. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like this is the classic Disney. This, yeah, right. <laughs> I think out of all of the, the top money earners that they, I think, I, I think it's still Titanic. They don't have. No, they right, because that's still in the top. That's Did Fox. they get Titanic that's in Fox, the first? Yeah. Oh wow! They have to think. I didn't realize that was. Fox. Oh, actually, hold on. No, I think about it. Yeah, no, that, that had a weird release, didn't it? It was. It was a cool yeah. thing with Paramount. I think Paramount still technically okay. have half of it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, so and right, if it's half that value, then it's it's not it's just it's not in the competition anymore. Yeah. Right, so so then I just think it's the fast movies that are up in the top ten and and Jurassic, but the rest of them are all are all Disney. Now, I give them three years. Which honestly, yeah. which honestly, I, I don't like. I, I do want no. competition to fight them properly. I don't yep. want Disney to dominate. So it's too late for that. That said, can you? I mean, it's the Vince McMahon thing. Can you compete with yourself? WWE has not been able to, uh, as we're seeing. It looks well. Like here's, a, here's, here's the difference. So though. when when Disney got Marvel, Star Wars, uh, Pixar, whatever, they let them all kind of essentially operate as still their own thing, right? Yeah, and that's why it's mm-hmm. kind of worked. When WWF yep. bought WCW, yep. it was, no, no, they're dead now because we don't want them to exist. We wanted well, to no, erase they, them from history. These still have like competition between the departments. Like you know, like when a yeah. Star Wars film comes out, there's and still that's... a oh, can we beat the Marvel? Even though, even though yes, they're both Disney, they still right. want to beat the other department, don't they? Yeah, and so like with with what I'm talking about with WWE right now is there's a whole brand split that is now gone, and they were supposed to be competing with each other, but it's hard to compete when you have the guy. You know that runs everything, handicapping you the whole time and making you fight with your hand behind your back. Because yeah. you know, and I, Disney's not doing that. Iger's smart enough. I listened to a lot of theme park stuff, and I listened to one this week about how Eisner was much more about that competition, where Iger is all about the bottom line. I, I think the difference and that's all that counts now between you know the the Disney and the, the movie industry versus the the wrestling stuff is. Yeah, you know, with the rest. Of, okay, they dominate. Fine, that's it. They, they, they kind. They were, from what I can gather, they were come watch us or piss off. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Disney still want to make more money. They yeah. still want to be get the next benchmark, even well, if it's competing against themselves. They still well, want yeah. to make that. And that's the difference between Eisner and Eisner and and Iger. Is that Eisner's like, well, no, piss off. You're not gonna do Disney. I don't need you. Whereas Iger's like, oh no, this is the bottom line. I brought in number crunchers. This is what's going to work. And, you know, Lion King, still haven't seen it because I've kind of ran out of steam for these uh, remakes. But it's, you know, it's done Probably well. performed pretty well because people yeah. don't shit about Lion King. Exactly. So Iger, Iger's got it. I, I trust this guy. He put Feige in charge. You know, he's putting the right people at Pixar after that had a, you know, Black Shroud for a hot second. So... All right, let's talk about books. And first up this week, we have Action Comics 1013. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis writing with Zyman uh, Kredansky on the art. Yeah. What a name. Uh, so yeah. Superman's back in action this, this issue because he was missing mm-hmm. uh, all the last issue. A little bit. Um, Joe, it's funny. Obviously, one of the complaints we've had a lot of this month um, with the books is this year the villain, uh, the offer stuff. Uh-huh. And I will say there's two books this week 
that I think use it better than any of the other books that we've had all yeah. once. And this is one of them. They, they break the formula. And yeah. here, that's what I like, because it was becoming too much of a formula. It felt tagged on. Here, it felt like part of the story. Yeah. And hey. I think that helps when you're Bendis, right? Like, yeah, because we, we have, uh, both at the start and the end, because we have two different characters who get mm-hmm. the offer. Uh, yep. And... The good thing about the opening scene, because it's Leon uh, who Luther comes to mm-hmm. and reveals that, yeah, I knew about you all this whole time. You building your secret, yeah. you know, empire and, and metropolis, I knew about you. And instead of taking what he's offering, which is, you know, in this box but we don't get to see, um, yeah. she basically gets her guards to run her out and demolishes the house because, okay, well, this place is burned. Like, no one can yeah. own Pierre, so... Oh, and, and this is how you can tell she's very... This is how she's been able to keep it a secret. I mean, not from Lex, because he's Lex, right? Like... But she does stuff like this. And I love how the henchmen are like, well, do you want us to get any paintings? She's like, nah, you got to leave everything. We got to go. Yeah. And it shows just how far she's willing to go to keep her mafia invisible. Yeah. It bizarrely made me think of Stranger Things season three. Uh, a little bit. Of uh, Bowman getting his, uh, his phone number yeah. leaked out. He's like, I need to move now. What are you, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing to me, Hopper? Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Goods with Perry, and she's trying to like pitch the story because she got from Rose and Thorn, yeah. uh, and we get some more of the images of that. We get more of the story of how she was offered. She kind of turned it down, and then was yeah. attacked in her house um, right. by by his people, by yeah. well their people, Leviathan. So again, it's now seeming to like me. Maybe they're not that altruistic. You know, I, I've been waffling back and forth, which I think that's a good mystery, right? Where you think you have it figured out. They add a new detail and it throws everything off. Yeah, um, I actually I love the coloring and the, the the this part of the story where we yep. get get hard like fight because she comes because she comes in she becomes Rose realizes she's in danger and becomes Thorn again, um and starts just wrecking them and it's just all these black steep reds, um, yeah. Well, and I love the borders too. That the more she goes into Thorn, the more sketchy the borders get and they're red, mm. you know, uh, which is which is real cool good and um, she's uh telling this to perry and she's trying to convince him there's a story here and good. he actually eventually agrees uh, she has kind of a funny moment though where her hand kind of starts to like go into red mist and she has to like yeah. run out and he actually compliments her when she leaves going oh she got the yes and just immediately ran away she's starting to fit in <laughs> yeah well because he tells her also write both pieces because there's two pieces here about rose and thorn number one and the second one is about leviathan you know because there, there's two different scopes here doing both, um, which I thought was pretty cool. Then we see her in the bathroom, uh, and Trish comes through, um, which I thought was a, a funny, nice little light moment. It was like, Perry finds out you're smoking in here because she's, you know, in, in cloud, red cloud mode. Uh, yeah, this is, this is the fun little bit of humor to, mad. you know, yeah. give it some pacing. Uh, Superman's back uh, on the next page, and he mm-hmm. comes down to uh, stop Thorn, who is just blasting leviathan soldiers yeah uh, as much as she can uh, it was actually a point where i was like why is superman not intervening because there's a really funny moment where she just kind of like shoots someone behind her uh but then yeah. superman mentions no their armor's bulletproof he knows he doesn't have to so i was like right. okay nice fair enough they're, they're bulletproof and he knows what he has to do because he he x-rays stuff but then this is where we find out that 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 blue aura that's been snapping people is a teleportation thing yeah because he gets teleported to india uh, yep. so they don't fight them they just move them far enough away that they yep. can clear out um, which breaks open for, for Clark about what if these attacks weren't actually attacks and they were recruitment yeah or at the very yeah. least kidnapping yeah kidnapping's yeah. right 
Um, so I actually, I, I love uh, Thorn's demeanor through all this. Actually, was cracking me up. She's just mm-hmm. got this very blasty. I w- I'm going to kill everything attitude that was just oh. kind of amusing to me. Um, also, the, the the soldier that he tries to talk to, Superman tries talking to him, and he's like, "Oh, I'm going to try and lift off your mask. Is it booby trapped? You know, I don't want to hurt you yeah. or anything like that." And he's like, "I don't know. I actually don't know if that, right. you know, what's going on in my suit." You know, it, it does kind of sound like is he brainwashed? Is he sort of been? Uh, forced into this role you know as he as willing like does he believe in what he's doing like it really was making me sort of think of these questions um given the way he was reacting but yeah he gets teleported to india and then clark comes to perry kind of pitching the story that oh maybe they're being moved and superman's on the record blah 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 yep. um so as what it is and then we end the issue with a uh, good uh, much like leon at the start gets the drone and the offer um and yeah what was what was interesting about this though is uh when he makes the offer he heavily implies that she doesn't really know her origin story like it's a, it's kind of right. a mystery to her and he does know how she got her powers um and he would like to give her that that knowledge um right and notably it says next time naomi so i'm pretty yeah. pumped about that so so we see this you know uh red mist cloud kind of almost demonic creature do we think that's part of her origin, or do you think that's, you know, like, is that her? Like, when she attains her, you know, final form? Maybe. Whatever? I wonder if she's just, like, taking a scary form to try and, like, because she's in defense mode, because she doesn't trust Lex. Yeah. That's what I couldn't get a beat on. I didn't know if that was her. I didn't know if that was, like, actually, like, her true or what. Like, what can mm. she do? So I, I do like that. It's still giving because I immediately thought like, oh, she's like a demon, and that's why she's able to take out Superman because it's magic based. Yeah, you know. No, I, I don't that. know. It, so, um, yeah, or no, if or if Lex had unlocked this, you know what I mean? It's, that's I part of the offer. What makes the the offer bits in this issue work for me is they both like tell us something new about the character because I, I think what's different to a lot of the other books is that the two characters who get the offer in this book are both new characters and we're still learning a lot about them and both of these scenes reveal some bits you know about their character that we didn't necessarily know yet Mm -hmm. um uh, and obviously we knew leon was secretive but the idea that even if someone does find out who she is and tries to like build a bridge with her she just like no she's disconnecting she's going off the grid she is going even deeper into hiding she's gone this far and done this good without help from lex Luthor. yeah of course she's not gonna say not of course she's not gonna take the you know the help so, but yeah, no, I like that it broke from the formula of that too, that they weren't, like, I didn't get to the offer at the end of this one and be like, oh, okay, another one of these, like yeah. I did in some of the other ones. Absolutely, so. yeah, there was definitely other ones this week that I didn't like. There was another, there was one other book, though, I think, that uses it yep. in a decent way, actually, uh, and we'll get to that, but, um, yeah, no, action's, action's building up more of the Leviathan stuff, so it's, it's obviously very heavily kind of tied into that, but it's still mm-hmm. building up its own supporting cast, which is nice. Uh, and the art is pretty solid yeah. uh, throughout, I the, the skill at which Bendis can juggle Event Leviathan, Year of the Villain, the stuff going on in Superman, Naomi, and it doesn't feel, at least to me, like it's weighing down the action comic story. You know, just, again, it feels like a, a tapestry, and... He's he's managing. He's definitely done the thing where he's had two books of the city. You know, he's, you know, in the past he's had Avengers and New Avengers. He's had all new mm-hmm. X Men and Uncanny X Men. You know, he's he's definitely done this before where he's had like two books that are kind of very related. They're right. both kind of ultimately becoming one big story, but they're kind of separate for the meantime. Um, mm-hmm. And this is kind of doing that plus Event Leviathan, and then apparently Naomi is also going to tie in next issue. So. Right. 
um it's definitely it's definitely and his then, corner of dc right now is the the super yeah. corner well then you too you look in the solicits of uh, where you talk you know what's coming up in young justice and how that goes back to and, what we saw in superman and legion as you well know? with superboy yeah and now you're throwing legion in there and all of a sudden and i, I you know i know connor doesn't like bendis because <laughs> he it gets too bendisy but i look at this and i can admire that skill i, I love i love just how miserable connor is right now because yeah. like Benz he's got his fingers on young justice with bart connor and cassie he's got legion yeah. coming got superman everything it, it superman. hurts knowing he's given tim I, a new origin slash identity in like issue which eight i think it's really got pushed to issue eight and and i'm just like great well here's the thing as it stands right now what is tim's origin because the new 52 completely messed all that up yeah yeah the new yeah. 52 so so i mean if he's just reverting it to the classic origin i'm fine yeah. with that uh, it's yeah. more just because they're giving him a new identity i uh, presumably not red robin anymore right I don't know what they're doing. Oh well, I still think you'd enjoy Naomi because it's the least bendacy of these. Um, He'd hate the dialogue. He he would look at that first couple of pages in issue one and hate it. See, but that's the only one that it really does that though. Maybe issue one and issue five, but the rest is pretty pretty reined in. Feels like an uh, an indie book or oh, an image book. Connor's muted himself apparently because he just said something. Oh. No sound came out. I, 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 th- I thought you were done, so I just, no. Yeah. Uh, no, I said that's like a third of the book. Issue one and issue five out of six. Shh. Shh. Just read it. Oh <laughs> uh, no, uh, I thought it was a solid issue of action, but I've been enjoying it pretty consistently. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we give it a map. I'm giving it an eight. Yeah, I'll also give it the, the solid straight eight. Um, mm-hmm. So, there you go. Uh, that'll take us on to Wonder Woman issue 75. G. Willow Wilson writing with Zermanico and Jesus Marino on the art. Uh, this is obviously oversized uh, anniversary issue as all the 75s have been. Um, and unlike Flash later, which does have kind of like segments, this is just one big, it's just yeah. the story. Yeah, Flash 75 felt like an annual because of all the different segments. Yeah. This felt like just expand the story. Um and yeah, it's it's fine. Oh, by the um, way, can I just actually just mention because I'm just, I'm just closing down uh, action. This this is relevant to all the yeah. books. It's just this uh, this list, this checklist for Year of the Villain this month yeah. is insane. Like piss off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just before we actually uh, carry on talk about Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. uh, there was a third artist as well. Oh, was uh, it? Sifuentes. Oh. Okay. That's how you say oh, that. Snap. No idea. Sifuentes. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, so this is them basically training a little bit with Maggie uh, to ultimately go into Themyscira because there is a portal in the sky leading back to Themyscira because the worlds mm-hmm. are uh, it's essentially spinning uh, away from each yeah, other. Yeah, so so the way I thought about it was like a, a funnel cloud and a reverse funnel cloud, right? And they meet in the middle. Right? Sure. Like, Do you ever make those in science? The two bottles? And... I, I probably right, did. Anyways. It's been a, it's been a long time. Yeah. Anyways... Just show centripetal force and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, uh, so uh, we actually we see Grail. Grail has the mascara. She has Hippolyta, the kind of prisoner, um, and a bunch of Amazons kind of going, "Yeah, sure, we'll follow you." Yeah, who who have yeah who have sided with Grail? So there's some traitors in the midst. Um, you know, and Diana parties a little bit with the Amazon. She meets in, in the the Chi dimension. 
Uh, sorry, the Kai dimension, if Matt wants to correct me again. I was waiting for it, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, so there's some doubts. There's there's some training with Maggie, who's just kind of learned to fight for the first time. Uh, they acknowledge that it's kind of... Da- she has to go because she has the sword, and the sword's bonded with her, but mm-hmm. it is going to be dangerous. Um, and who knows how this will go. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, they, they kind of... They, go on the, the issue is actually way more straightforward i think than i was expecting for the return to Themyscira. yeah yeah but, but i can appreciate that it, it's there's no need to over complicate it just well, for the sake of it there's that and it picks up on threads that i'm glad that it did you know the stuff with grail and her still wanting to to rule mm-hmm. you know because she's part dark side and that's her thing and you know it picks up on on izzy uh kale and and yeah. diana and you know not it's not just about her mom as i almost forgot about that like it's also she promised veronica she'd keep izzy safe yeah and that's a really good and, p- part that's probably my favorite part yeah. of the story actually is when grail retreats to the cave and grabs izzy mm-hmm. as a as a shield and like threatens to kill her yep. uh it's a really dark moment and it's like oh shit yes veronica's daughter this is the stakes are heavy right now yep. um <laughs> so i like that it's bringing that stuff back from obviously ruckus run um yep. which is nice um, you know, and obviously Diana reuniting with her mother is pretty good too. I guess, I guess what I mean is, I, just, I never thought that the return to Themyscira would just be something they casually do in the middle of an issue. I guess, I guess I always figured that there'd be an end of an issue at some point where, oh shit, she's back in Themyscira, cliffhanger. That's, you know, I think yeah. I, I, I know, I get that, and I think had this not been an oversized thing, yeah, that's probably what would have happened. But when you're doing these oversized, you know, seventy-five, I mean. Yeah. When was the well, last time we were in Themyscira? I mean, uh, Rucka. You're one, really. Yeah. 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 So, well, I, I guess what I'm saying is, is that the actual trip to Themyscira, like, it just it feels so easy. And I know they, they make it. Oh. I mean, it's not like there's a mistake. Like, they set up a reason why no. they can get there. It just it feels like, oh yeah, that, that's just they're just hopping through a little portal. Not no big deal. Yeah. No, but in having gone through a complete like dimension to get here to this I point, know, area, I know. And, uh, I, I, they, I just, they went through Tartarus, right? Uh, and then. Into Dimension Kai, and then from Dimension Kai, they found a hole in reality and got to Themyscira. Yeah, I feel like, like oh, they just go through a portal is kind of undermining the entire journey. Well, no, because I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that the moment itself doesn't feel like that big of a deal, when it feels like it should be a big deal. But I feel like that's issue 75, is now, you know, when you used to look in the, the, the back of Wizard and they would have, like, key issues listed. So this would be, like, one Roman volume, whatever this is. 75 and it would be like return to Themyscira and that's what makes it a yeah, you know honestly, a notable issue the, um, and I'm glad they stuck that landing here the I mean, page no, I mean, where she sees the portal and you can see Themyscira on the other side yeah. for the first time I think that is played as a huge moment I mean I I'm not, I, I like the issue a lot I'm not, I'm not trying to diss the issue I'm just saying that I think yeah. the, the moment itself where it's just them coming into, into Themyscira the moment itself doesn't feel as big as it felt like it should have been to me a, I hear Pete saying that it should be kind of event-worthy, you know? Like, this is like, the first time she's gotten back to Themyscira since she left, right, in her origin right. story. Yeah, I, well, honestly, since... I think the moment you're wanting comes next issue. She doesn't even yeah. have time to process that right now. She's got to stop Grail. No. I but, think and I like, next time. And I like, too, that Diana has Grail dead to rights, Ju- but, you know, she lets her go so they can actually have this fight. Oh, yeah, because, you, you know, know... She can she... defeat her. Because as she's talking about in her narration, you know, villains yeah. and people who don't have morals have an easier time fighting because they'll do anything to win. Yep. They don't have to. They're not 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 bound by any oh. kind of morals or anything like that. That's, that's such wrestling one on one too. Oh right? yeah, like healing when you're face. watching and the heels yeah. just doing, you know, 
Oh, and then you're like, why don't you do anything? Well, because you can't. Do and and yeah. Do you know what I think it is actually? Do you know what I think would have made the moment feel better for me? I think that the reason why it feels small to me at the moment where they come through is that the idea of Grail being in charge in Themyscira and having Hippolyta mm-hmm. held prisoner is something that we just learned about last issue and only see for the first time this issue. I almost think we should have been seeing Grail's reign in Themyscira over a little bit of time so that when Diana shows up with the army to save the day, it feels like a bigger deal. I, 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 think, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I prefer being with Diana here, because otherwise I would have felt like, well, oh, that, we're that's just fine, go Connor, but I'm going to start with Pete here, and that instead of having that Dimension Kai issue that was just a nothing, mm-hmm. give there us a Grail go. issue. Uh, I mean, honestly, right? should have just t- not had an issue there at all, really. That should have just been, well, well, okay, well, we're skipping it. No, we but that's what, that would have been better, though, and I think, right. even if you're not going to do that, I think it should have just been a subplot. I think we should have been seeing yep. Grail and Themyscira for the last arc, and see her, just a reign of terror, or see, whatever. I, for me, I like more not seeing Themyscira until Diana does. I get, I get the thematic concept of doing that, and sometimes that works really well. I think the problem here, though, is that Diana's arrival in Themyscira is this big. She's here with the cavalry to save the day. So the perspective we're looking at this this moment from is a moment where, oh shit, the help has finally arrived, and it's going to stop Grail. But because we've not been with Grail, because we've not seen what she's been doing that's so awful, we've only just seen her briefly in this issue, it doesn't have the culmination effect that it otherwise would. It kind of feels like, like you said, the moment where Diana sees the portal is kind of the biggest moment for her realizing that she's going to get to go back. But because of that, it deflates this moment because it's not the big, like, arrival that it feels like it should be to me. Uh, I mean, sure. I, th- I think it's fine because we do, for me, it's fine because we do get the moment where she sees it, you know, seeing, oh, it's it's within reach. It's not it's not going to be hard to get home now. The, you know, the that is the moment where she, where it's like, oh, she's back, essentially. It, it is, that's the way this issue plays that. Because for her, it's like, it's right there. That's it. You know, uh, all this time. And, and she's there now, essentially. Even though she's not physically set foot there, in her head, she's already there. Because... Like, I, like I say, though, there's a combination. There's a combination of not really feeling the, the threat on Themyscira initially that much. So the actual, like, cavalry coming through doesn't feel like a big moment. So you combine that with it not being, like, a big moment that she's back in Themyscira uh, on its own. It just it feels a little bit deflated to me in the moment. Um, you know, I, I was reading, the, you know, obviously I'm enjoying the comic. I think the comics were all written, and I'm liking all the character beats and the action beats. You know, all the action scenes look great. Um... I, I just had that feeling like during the fight in Themyscira when they're all fighting each other and, and whatnot where I'm like, that just feels like the next casual plot. It doesn't feel like the, you know, like, it feels like the moment she returns to Themyscira should be one of the, like, the, the, the tent poles, you know, of the, the whole run. The, the, one of the benchmark things where you, you know, there's, there's before she returned to Themyscira and there's after she returned to Themyscira. It didn't really feel like that in this show. It just kind of felt like, yeah, this is just the, the casual next part of the plot. No, fair enough. For me, the moment where she sees it, and then also also the moment at the end as well, where fighting's finished, it's done, and she has the the, the moment with her mother. Um, yeah. Yeah, where she sees it nice. that moment, that full page. Uh, yeah, the moment I, I, the, the mother's good. That 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 because like, it's not about okay, you know, no. you know, she just says she she maybe she was on Themyscira, but she wasn't home while it was still occupied by a, a foreign force. You know, with with, with Grail. It was just okay. Now that's the moment where she's home. Is is that final moment? Well, and I like to have Philippus looking on with Izzy, right? Yeah. Like so, that's real cool. Also, we get this sword too that's going to become uh, important that Grail has, and it's called God Killer. Which I was like, mm. can you just name it God Slayer? Like that's a much better name. Yeah. You which know? of course, 
uh, the offer at the end. Well, I, I still, yeah. I, I wouldn't count this as one of the offer stuff that's done well. At least this one no. has more context because they set up this sword during the yeah. issue. So when Cheetah gets it at the end, it's like, oh, okay. Oh, that's where it went. Yeah. So yeah. Cheetah's yeah. going to be using it. Okay. Which I thought, too, I go, that's weird as it was going on. I was like, her sword just disappears? And I was like, and oh, maybe it this was, is and the And then God. it wasn't mentioned again. It was like... Right. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, maybe this is the gods intervening. Like, now that Diana's back on Themyscira, you know, that's righted certain things. Because we've seen Ares, right? Uh, and, and Aphrodite. And then, well, oh, no. Luther made it disappear because he's all-powerful now as yeah. Apex Lex. Um, Sounds no, a little annoying. Obviously, I, I think the Hippolyta hug at the end is probably the biggest moment of the book. It's, it's you know, it's the emotional payoff yeah, that yeah. works really well. I think the, um, the, the panel before actually works best for me. When yeah. okay, she's finally got the, the moment and and she starts to cry. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, and again, I don't want to say like I'm, be, I'm being. I actually think this issue is really good. I I just I I think there's just a, a feeling of it's not as big as it feels like it should be in a weird way. Um, in terms of like feeling like a major story beat, you know, kind of like um, I'm trying to think of that comparable beat in another arc that I can say that's you know that mm. thing, um, and I can't think of one, so I'll just I'll leave it. But <laughs> they definitely exist. Okay, they definitely yeah, exist. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, this is definitely more of the stuff that I like. Plus, we're getting Cheetah back, so. Oh yeah, I'm always pumped for Cheetah. Yeah. Uh, which which uh, Wilson's not really done much with Chia yet, right? This is the first time oh. she's popped up in the book, I think. First time we're really seeing Barbara Ann. Uh, she's been palling around with Luther. Yeah, yeah, she'd be off in Justice League and whatnot. Um, yeah, oh, that show was solid. That that show was good. I've been liking Wilson's run. Um, I don't think I've liked anything yet as much as the first arc, admittedly, but I've still it's still been really solid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so. No. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see where it's going now that she's been back. Now we gotta get the gods. What's been going on there? There's still some mysteries going. You know, like why were the Titans? We still haven't gotten to the end of that because we had the Atlatiades. Oh, I did really, track. I did really like that two or three issue Titans thing with uh, Giganta. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like that. So, arc, oh, that's still there, and and you know we also got Atlatiades here. You know, in full Amazonian armor, right? Yeah, and she that, comes and pacifies them, which is pretty cool. They're u- where using the power, you know, with the, the blinding white light. Uh, it's kind of fantastic. Yeah. So it was, uh, that was pretty cool. And we were, so I, Wilson definitely, this isn't like, I don't even feel like this is the halfway point of what she's doing. So. Oh, no, not at know. all. This, because this still feels like we're cleaning up threads from previous yeah, things. Yeah. Th- She's not really started her own thing yet. Yeah, I feel I feel like reestablishing Themyscira in some way is going to be the mm-hmm. kind of what the point of this run might be actually, and that's just about to start yeah. after we get done get done with this arc. Yeah, probably. I feel like, like okay, we're we're doing Cheetah next, um, which almost feels like that'll probably be the the start of one of her own plots, if that makes sense. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, introducing something that she can do herself rather than just okay, we're picking up Themyscira. We're you know we're we're doing those things. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, 75, uh, really solid. So, Matt, what are you giving it? I'm going to 7.5. <laughs> All right, Connor. Uh, I'm going to go with an 8. I will say it would have been an 8.5 the art had been more consistent. I did feel the shifting artists. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to agree with Matt and go with 7.5. I, I like the issue quite a bit, but it, it is lacking a little bit of the punch, I thought, in places. So... Um, no, I'm looking forward to what's next though. I, I think 
the runs yeah. been really exciting at times and uh looking forward so it's, it's still one of the ones i'm looking forward to the most every month though as well so um, as long as Orlando's not writing it, right? Because yeah, as, as long as Orlando's not writing it. Uh, which takes us out of the Flash seventy five, also obviously a supersized issue. Uh, Joshua Williamson writing with Howard Porter, Scott Collins, and Kristen Duss on the art, uh, and they're all separated by segments, so it's not like it's shifting yeah. back and forth, uh, right like that. Hey guys, hey guys, mm-hmm. we're done with year one. We are. Um, we're done with year one. Um, you know but... what's really funny is you know the year one trade is cutting out most of the back half of this issue oh easy here's the other thing remember when we introduced to year one and we were told like this new guy steadfast all would be revealed in year one Mm -hmm. and then he gets relegated to a backup that doesn't basically mean anything not nothing was revealed in this yeah i think i think they'll keep that part in the trade because i think they want that final page the splash page of like him talking about Mm -hmm. being the flash and all the family behind them they're going to keep that but the, the captain cold thing at the end that'll be gone uh, honestly, no. that, that that like two pages or whatever it is with steadfast is after that no. splash page so i don't think that's there either i think that splash page is the final no. thing of the trade there, uh, there might be uh like a trade of just okay you know uh and, williamson's volume eight or whatever yeah. is on you know that'll it'll, that'll have the full issue in. and but the one that they label flash year one hardcover right. that's getting uh that's ending on that splash yeah. page so you know I, i'm a sucker for the emotional spectrum and John's Green Lantern. Like, I really like that. And I know a lot of people had issues with it. And that's what I was thinking about the, the, the forces with Williamson. I'm I'm done with this. They're I just don't not want as to see them. Are they? No, it's... <sighs> Leave the Speed Force alone, man. Just let it, like... Well, you're going to love the next arc, be... Matt, because the next arc is I called know. The Death of the Speed Force. <laughs> I know. I don't like it. Uh, I don't like it. Uh, I, I didn't like on that splash page. There, there were some characters missing. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I understand why, but I still don't like it. I, I'm not going to lie. I think the thing that upset me the most in this issue was the after after the the, the crisis is over and it's like I shifted ahead. It's shifted mm-hmm. ahead to like after Flash Day or whatever. And there's not really I don't know if there's a clear indication of how much time has passed, but um, no. I I would say at least a year because uh, I assume Flash Day was okay. The day he mm, saved the city. So sure. This is the anniversary. That of makes it. some sense. Um. And they redo him meeting Wally for the first time. And Wallace. Wallace is there too. They've, they've got some ugly art. I'm sorry, but the, the kids look just mm. wrong. Like, yeah. I don't understand it's, it's, the sizes. It's JR, yeah, it's JRJR syndrome, right? Where the kids are overly characterized, mm. you know? And um, here's, here's the thing. It's, it doesn't actually, outside of the fact that Wallace is also there, it's not that different, actually, what you get here from actual, you know, uh, Right. Wally's your one story, right? So mm-hmm. there's nothing upsetting here in the sense of like them changing things or, or that's not why I'm upset about it. I'm upset about it because it just feels like they're tugging on some Wally like heartstrings here, and yeah. all it did it just made me cynical, and it made me cynical that, that, that when, when you know when when got when what's his, his name steadfast. <laughs> I had to think of his name. Yeah. When, when he when he like you know we come come back to him and he's like oh yeah she'd forgotten all this shit it was wiped from time I'm like wait so is this like New Fifty Two wiped it from time you know Flashpoint did this or is this some other reason that he doesn't remember this a Manhattan wiped it from time uh, yeah like, I I don't know because I'm confused by even the splash page like Jay Garrick's on there mm-hmm. but yeah. as of right now he's a 
even even within this origin story of year yeah. one, he was well, a comics character on a different oh, right, right. And if and if that's the case, then and we're using purely hypothetical people. Where's Jay and and Irie? Yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. If, right? if, if it's if it's a free for all, not everyone on the flat splash page is right? existing yet. Then, yeah, you, you you also have Johnny Quick, who you can't have Jesse Quick without Johnny Quick, because Johnny Quick was also a Justice Society member. Yes. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Max Mercury. And anything, who's primarily. And if, if anything, what upsets me about that more though is the idea that they were saying that this is the, the the canon origin now is all this shit with the time travel and the turtle. Um, that, this is the uh, origin uh, that got erased by Flashpoint. <laughs> yeah. I'm so I am going to throw down a gauntlet and go. This isn't my Flash origin, and you can't tell me that it is, Williamson. I love you, dude. You're a nice guy. It, I love most of what you've done. Yeah, yeah. I like you pulled it wrong on this one. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I hated this this year one. I, I like everything with Turtle in the first chunk, and you know Barry like taking everyone in the city three seconds into the future to like escape yeah. Turtle's power. Like yeah, a little bit too also, much. It's just what, what it's for just me is, is there's a point where Turtle goes, "Oh, so you've come back and faced me." In every other timeline, you run away. What? Surely, from yeah, how do you know this, Turtle? This is just the time he well, does this. And also with the whole paradox thing, and now we're getting into timey wimey. None of this happened. Therefore, Wally, this whole story should not happen. This should all be a time remnant. And if we're going that way, cool. But. As it stands now, for Barry to experience all the stuff with Turtle, all the other future has to happen. But from what happens here, it gets wiped out. Oh yeah, so you see everything fade away back to the future style. Yeah, Matt. I mean, I wouldn't worry too much about this. This is just like typical yes. time travel story. No, paradoxing. but I think Matt's not because Flash does have time remnants as a thing that we right. can use to do this. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, I, I know that this is confusing in the sense that, no, no, like, this was no. how things happened originally, and he changed it, you know, and things faded away, uh, and then DC continuity played out from there as, as we understand it, right? Um, I don't like the idea that this was the Flash's origin, though. I don't like that it glossed over things that, that made... I don't, I don't like the fact that he's taking everyone in the city three seconds into the future at the end of his origin story. Like, that is just too powerful. Like, the Flash is a very powerful character, and obviously, like, yeah. by the time we get to him being experienced, he's doing all these crazy things with time travel and whatnot. Like, year one, have it be... Have him be an amateur, have him not, like... That was the thing. Remember we were talking about in issue two, he was already phasing through things. I'm like, no, no. He, yeah. he shouldn't be doing that, like, until maybe the like, end of a year one story. Do you know that there's, a, there's a point in this issue where he talks about, you know, he was scared of the shaking, right? Yeah. And I was like, oh, so that's the thing. He's... He, okay. You just... You that's finally what... learn how to vibrate and phase, and that's your big moment for the end Whoa. of an origin, which is a perfectly yes. fine ending of an origin big enough, yeah. you know, power. Right. Yeah. But also, I thought that was going to tie back to what he taught Avery, right? In, and that was a whole thread uh, sure, throughout yeah. the early part of the run. And it's not even addressed whatsoever, him dealing with his Which, nerves. I, I, this is one of the things that bugs me sometimes with comic books. And it's a problem the, the, the storytelling has with a lot of writers. And it's, this is what bugs me with Scott Snyder, is that everything has to be the biggest thing ever. And it's like, yeah. how does he end this 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 fight with Turtle in his, in his year one story? Oh, it's this big, ridiculous, over-the-top thing where he takes you know everyone in the future. Is, is at least normally I can understand, oh, there's a progression, so it has to be bigger than the last thing, right? So I can understand yeah. why that works in their heads. But this is, you know, by, by its concept, this is earlier in the timeline, so it does right. not have to be as big. So 
Here's here's my thing. Batman Year One, the main villains are are Falcone, right? Yes. Remind me. Yes, Falcone and uh, right. I don't know if Maroni's in the the first book, but yeah. Okay. Right. And who's the villain in Batgirl Year One? Because I've never read that one. Uh, I want to say it was Killer Moth. Okay, that sounds like it might be right. Yeah. yeah. So so you want to kind of lay the groundwork for who these villains are going to be. So. You're gonna do a year one, but you're gonna basically throw in a. Uh, and Turtle's been around, but he's not like. Yeah. You don't think of the turtle when it comes to Flash. Which on and... paper seems like a fine villain for a year one. Before he gets to cold, before he gets to Reverse Flash or whoever. Right. You know, if he's a turtle, sure. But, but then, like as you said, you up everything by ten, and you make Turtle like. <laughs> you... They put some. At the level that he's an arch. Yeah, you, they, yeah, they, they make Turtle have like be how? be be the king of a post-apocalyptic turtle fuel yeah. wasteland. How, is, how like... is Captain Cold a threat after this? Right, and that's my point. We don't even get to see any like we see a little bit of Cold in the Rogues, but like, give us like, give us proto Cold. Him trying to do a, a, a you know a whole Cold thing because of the Flash. You know, give us a little just... bit of that. This is and definitely it's... the worst year one that I have read anyone <laughs> yeah. telling me about yeah. Superman. Go, go read Superman year one, car and get back well, to mean, us on that. I've, I've, read, <laughs> I've read Batman, Batgirl, Robin, Justice League, Green Arrow. Right. And I isn't like the villain in Justice League year one, it culminates with Starro? Yeah. Yeah, okay, so you... you... But... That was, oh, that's I think that was like a, a 12 issue thing. Yeah, and yeah, I guess that's, level that's levels of difficulty. If you compare, guess, if you compare but... it to different year ones and stuff, like, like yeah, so so Batman year one, he's taking on organized crime. He's not taking on any you know masked villains or anything like that. Not really. Um, and it ends with the tease that the Joker's now a thing, right? And that obviously ties into Batman's right. whole thing, where is he partly responsible for villains up in the right. ante because yeah. he exists, right? And, blah blah blah. Right. Green and... Arrows is on the island and he's with a uh, China White. Uh, yeah. Yep. China White. Yeah. Oh god, that's my favorite year one, by the way. That's, that's so. real good. And again, uh, like she's she's like an international crime boss kind of like character. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's it's not like a huge thing. Like it's like he's accidentally stumbled into the where she's you know right. growing all, all the drugs by fate. Like this is his yeah. fate is to become Green Arrow through stopping China White. And yeah, but here I just they made Turtle too powerful, and I don't care about by doing that. I don't care about these forces. I just. Yeah. I want to ignore them. I'm like, and I'm fine with just the speed force. I don't need the strength. I don't need the 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 mind or whatever it was called. And I hate, I hate, like, I hate Barry meeting older Barry, uh, like in a year one story yeah. as well. Especially since like a big part of like Barry's backstory now, ever since this was introduced, is the idea that his mother was killed, and obviously we know it's going to eventually be reverse flash that's found out. Yeah. And I, I'm not saying that has to be the story in year one. That can be something that he's clearly but obsessed with. But it's you know, not even part of the motivation. Here. It's I, not. No. Yeah, I love that when Johns redid his origin and he gave him the mom issue, that that's why he became a police scientist. Right? Is he knows in his heart his dad's not responsible, and he wants so to he wants that. to exonerate him. Yeah, and yeah. and seeing, I like that. That's seeing this issue know, when he mentions all oh, his dad's behind bars and there's like one panel of his dad in yeah. prison. I went. That yep. feels so jarring putting this in this one. Like, yep. <laughs> like it's and, not even been a mention. You know, obviously, we've mentioned the previous issues, but I really hate how all of his lessons he just learns from future version of himself. Oh, yeah, I hate that. I, yeah. the, the big thing at the end where, you know, he's like, oh, how do I do this? Oh, slide into it. Oh, yeah, that's what future me said. And it's played but, as such a big hero moment. He's got the pose. He's got it right. It's like, you can't just tell yourself these things. I mean, you have to learn no. that for yourself. You know, there's, there's another way to do it that you have, you have Iris teach him that by accident. 
Sure. About yeah, yeah. you got to ease into things, Barry. You can't just rush head in. Like, yeah. And then part, it, part of very literally old version of him went, yeah, just slide into it, mate. You'll be fine. Part, yeah. part of the, the fun of an origin story is the character learning to use their powers and making the mistakes they're going to make and solve, basically problem solving. It's like, okay, I've got these powers. How do I use this? You know, in Superman origin stories, you know, part of the fun of seeing young Superman get some of the powers for the first time is like, wait, how do I not trigger X-ray vision when my parents are standing there? Because, you know, for the love of all things, I do not want to see that. Like, you know, simple little fun things like that. Like, how does the Flash, like, stop without burning his shoes? Or does he need special shoes? You know, like, and that may sound like, okay, but surely that's something that's been explored before it has been but if you're going to do a year one you want to see like the the modern telling of going through those beats that's that's what you want for an origin story Matt your mic's gone um and th- this story is obsessed with just throwing these different things in there and it's everything that's actually part of the origin story feels like an afterthought it feels like oh it's just in there because it needs to be sprinkled in there somewhere yeah this is a zero year yes this, this is, is not a year one this is this, that is what i'd compare it to a zero year yep and i don't like it and I'm like and here's the thing. I like part of Zero Year. I like the beginning of Zero Year. Um, all, the, all the Riddler stuff at the start. No, no, no. I mean, when, back before he was like, it was, oh, what was it? It was the Secret City stuff where it basically was doing year one, but through Snyder's, you know. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. Where, where we get Yes, Father, I'll become the bat, and you have the here's Red the Hood thing, running like, around. I, I don't hate Zero Year as much as you two do. Mm-hmm. Still not my go-to origin, though, for Batman. No, yeah, it feels it feels tacked on, it feels shoehorned down, and you it's... know, we were just talking about year ones. I feel like even Secret Origins, which this arguably yeah. is supposed to feel like, because the whole idea is that he's forgotten something and he's going to remember yeah. it. But like, even like Superman Secret Origin, I I still think plays as a pretty solid year one, and I... and it's, you know. Yeah, I can't wait till later on when we're talking about Dial H for Hero. I know, <laughs> and we're going to talk about some Secret Origins. We are, we are, and uh, I feel like. Yeah, well. Williamson could have read that issue first before before he uh, before he uh, wrote this story. Okay, so so we all didn't like this part, right? But mm-hmm. the the next part, god damn, I just got a calf cramp. So no. the next part, I'm not looking forward to at the minute either because forces yeah. and uh, Fla- Flash uh, builds his Flash Museum. He gives all the the construction oh, markers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What were you talking about? I, I was getting to the cold stuff. Oh, yeah, that's, that's after that's the last part. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, there's not much to say, really. He's just like, oh, yeah, I'm, I've helped building the museum and Commander Cole's there and, like, they're going to do stuff. Okay, great. Um, the, and the he's co- like, wait, this was all just a day? What I thought was funny yeah. is that uh, the Captain Cole stuff at the end is basically that one-page offer thing that all the other books have. Um, he gives it a whole, like, sort of little mini story mm-hmm. <laughs> building up to yeah. it. Um, okay, so uh, let's go back to the people that are listening and watching. Um, has Cold been a character in Suicide Squad? Because if so, I might want to check I, some I of that out. I feel like he probably has. That feels like likely. Yeah. Um, I will say I am digging the the grizzled bearded Beard? cold. Yeah, yeah that's the weird thing. I actually probably enjoyed a chunk of this cold stuff the most out of the issue, just mm-hmm. because it felt like traditional Captain Cold, miserable asshole, like <laughs> yeah. talking about the rogues. So, yeah, and so I like the basically. If this was a movie, this would have been a smash cut. It's him describing the rogues and how they're a family. And, like, well, the wizard's volatile, but when you use some extra firepower, count on him. Golden Glider, she's my sister, of course, you know. Uh, Mirror Master, self-centered, but always has your back. Heatwave, brother from another mother, loves fire as much as I love cold, which is terrifying when you think about it, right? And 
you could tell he loves the rogues, right? They are a family. They are the counterbalance of the Flash family. And then you smash cut to the next page, and it's on the Suicide Squad, and he's basically the only one left standing. And it's such a great story point that Cold likes to think of himself as a loner, but he's not. Right. Yeah. He's like, like, well, I mean, I think the actual offer part when Lex, you know, drone shows up is the worst mm-hmm. part of this. That said, yeah. I do like the idea that when he makes him the offer, he says, "But only if the rogues get included." Like, I'm not doing this yep. alone. I, I do like that aspect of yep. it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and um, I am looking forward to that story well enough. Don't get me wrong. Yep. Uh, it's all the other stuff that's going to be around it that I'm mm-hmm. not particularly enthusiastic about coming up. Yeah. So, but I really enjoyed this this Captain Cold part, like, uh, and it, and it talked about their time together in the Justice League, which I liked. Yeah, that that was a nice touch. That was a you know, when uh, Cold was the head of Lexus Security. Uh, yeah, it's cool. about, hey, hey, we both tried to do something else, and uh-huh. yeah, you know, we were wrong to try that, and we both kind of come to that conclusion. Yep, and uh, yeah, so no, I I enjoyed all this, but you know, as for the offer, again, it it hit the formula but not really you know it wasn't as good as bendis's stuff but i still prefer it to everything else it, it didn't like it, it didn't i mean i wasn't talking about this book when i said another book that it kind of interest oh me. really yeah because for me this was just like he's extended it because he's the page count up and ultimately what most of it is is just like a little captain cold like character study which we've seen done better before you know john's had the big captain cold issue and his run and so on like it felt like it was like touching on some of those points and that's fine um, but it felt it felt just more like traditional Captain Cold, and I kind of liked that uh, for a few pages before it got to yeah. the point. Um, yeah. But yeah, that is um, that is Flash seventy five. Uh, we're all thankful year one's over. We did not enjoy so year happy. one, and we we enjoy this run like like for the you know for like sixty yeah. plus issues. Yeah. Yeah, like it's not always been perfect. No. Uh, I've I've had complaints here or there. None of it has been as bad as this. Nope. I really hope it's back on form. I really do. I do too. I hope this was just a slump and not a, a sign of things to come. Yeah. Yeah. I really hope so. Um. So yeah. Are we rating Matt? So I'm. Uh. I was going to go low, even for me. Like. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh. But then the Captain Cold story picks it up at the end. So I'm gonna give us a five. Yeah, that seems fair. Uh, Connor. Uh, I'm actually agreeing with that. I w- it would have been lower, but the, the cold story was decent enough. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll make it a triple five. I think, I think, as much as I don't like the justification or the build up to the big splash page, the splash page itself is quite nice. Yeah, um, I was gonna say I love that as a Flash fan. That that speaks to me. And you have, yeah, you throw Avery in there, but I just if you're gonna have Jay Garrick, if you're gonna have uh, Jesse, both Jesse Quicks throw an Irene and, and Jay in there. Like, it's a speed yeah. force. And what are the rules of the speed force speed? Never get lost on it. Well, and also speed force, bro. <laughs> That's speed force, bro. I have to explain shit. I have to explain shit, yeah. yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, do you know what's weird about it, though, is I feel like there was enough, there wasn't enough story in the issue to actually cover the extended page count. And obviously part of that's made up by extending the offer to its own little story. But mm-hmm. I felt like, there was extra fan service in this issue it's, just to make up the page count. Like it was like, it's which I'm a little bit grateful for because I, I realized yeah. earlier in the week that oh shit, seventy five. It's a double. It's yeah. there's more of year one than I thought. Well, I read Wonder Woman before, and then I got to this, and I went, oh no, is this just gonna be a lot of 
years year zero. So I can't hear one anymore. The, the, there was a disappointing moment though, where I got I realized that he'd beat the turtle, and I checked what page I was on, and I wasn't even yeah. halfway through the book, and I went, "Oh, you oh. Kid, you're kidding me!" I thought <laughs> I was done. So I, I got a nice surprise when when it was extra stories. You know, you get Scott Collins in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but but yeah. Um, mm. All right. Yeah. Five out of ten. All round then. And that'll take us out to Batgirl issue 37. Uh, interesting one, this, because it's the start of a new run. This is a Cecil Castellucci writing with Carmine D. Giadomenico on the art. Um, and to my surprise... Yeah, yeah, you haven't had to say that name in a while, have you? Yeah, it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and to my surprise, uh, we're picking up on the Terrible Trio uh, stuff. And I was confused for a second, and I'm glad that they, they clarified it on like, page two, that the shark is a new dude, because uh, he replaced yeah. the old one. And I was like, okay, that's neat. I like that. All right. Yeah. I, I, was, so- I, was, I was like, didn't he die? Like, yeah. last issue? Yeah, 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 he sacrificed himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that first moment. page, I was like, am I misremembering the last issue? And then I was like, no, no, I'm fine. <laughs> um, but then I also thought, I was like, hmm, maybe there was a, a little bit of, of, you know, breakdown between the writers and they, you know, Castellucci just threw Shark in there. I don't think then, so. I, I think if, the, if, no? if she wanted to keep using the trio, I think the idea is, oh, well, we have to replace Shark. So I, I like the idea right. that they replace him. But okay. Because he's dead, the, the other two are like, okay. So, yeah, Fox's second cousin. It's Fox's second yeah, cousin, which, yeah. Which I thought was kind of funny. Who can we get? Yeah, yeah it's good. Um, Who's dumb and strong? So actually, the reason why... This is, this is the other one I was talking about when I was saying that I like how it, in, how it incorporates the offer to an extent. Because I loved it when Batgirl's... Because the bulk of this middle part of this, this issue is Batgirl fighting Killer Moth. But Killer Moth's whole motivation here, right? So the fight's fun because he's got all this new tech. He's much more high-tech than oh. usual. And Batgirl's realizing that she's actually kind of struggling to fight him. But what I liked about it is when we find out the reason why he's doing this, why he's spent so much money, everything he can afford on this higher-tech stuff is because he's disappointed that he's not received an offer. And I thought, you know what? That is the best any writer's integrated this into the story. And I think no, I think it goes for both sides because the subplot, which made sense while we were reading it, right? Okay, yeah. it's the, the trio. We, we're picking up on that, carrying on. We're just following more of their stuff. And then you get to the end and go, oh, shit, their plot is the offer. Yeah, because right. um, they've found this weird lab in like a cave or something and they're Right, they're and investigating it doesn't make sense it. why it's there and... But man, so I hope it was intentional. But the the killer moth dialogue was killing me. I really hated him. Oh yeah, no, that but, was great. I actually, honestly, yeah. my my thoughts on this issue, obviously being from a new writer, is I I actually really liked it because see the opening uh, scene when it's just the, the trio yeah. and they're going to the lab. Right. I love those because sometimes when you start off yeah. in the villains and you, especially when it's lo- like their di- their interaction with each other yeah. was cracking me up, and it was like the first really positive scene where I was like. Oh, I yeah. think I actually really like Castellucci as a yeah. writer. I think I like her and, dialogue a lot. And then I got to the, the Killer Moth stuff, and I was like, oh, man. He's just... And then I'm like, I hope this is intentional, because it didn't match anything else in the issue, because I think that Castellucci's voice for Babs, one issue in, is pretty good. There's a lot of self-doubt there. Yeah. Coming off of coming off of where we left her in the last issue, you know, um, having to rebuild. Uh, so. Everything with the trio and, like, you know like them debating should we go in here and then you know shark just punching it and like the, the back and forth of like should we do this should we not do this like what are we here for blah 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 yep. and then finding this robot and the robot's like you know password what is the password yeah, like just try four zeros attempts. that's the, that's that's yeah. always the, the default things i i enjoy spending time with these characters and i think that was a really good sign out and obviously i like the bab stuff as well and um artwork's very colorful um uh, yeah bel-air's doing a fantastic job with the colors and the yep. the 
distinct difference between the stuff in the lab, you know, the the, the yep. greys and the blues, yeah, uh, compared to the the bright oranges of the you know the the clubs. And what stuff. I like though um, is that the interest of color green when we get to the the robot, and I, what I like about that is that it, it's a lab up until that point. It's all blues and greys, as you say, but you get to the robot, and then there's these like bright greens from the body sort of get incorporated. And what I like about that is that it's like that's what tells you, okay, we're going to sci-fi. Like, you know, it's all been really cold and kind of yeah. clinical, but now there's sci-fi because there's bright green mixed in with mm. that. Um, but uh, yeah, you get there's a bright, colourful uh, fight, and the fighting looks good. I think the dialogue and the, the, the narration from Babs is pretty good. Uh, her- I think um, cause- my only problem with the the colours here is occasionally it's actually a little too bright. Like, the sky looks like a really light blue, but I can see the street lights are on. Mm-hmm. okay sure uh, there, there are just a few points like that but what, what i like about this is that babs is like all right it's killer moth i'll be done with this in five minutes you know and i, I think i even mentioned it we mentioned earlier that he was kind of the villain in year one it, it was one of the villains yeah. at least in year one yeah yeah and, and you know it kind of is calling back to that the idea that ah, this should be easy i mean it was hard yeah. then but right you know she's, yeah. she's beyond that yeah. yeah i don't know but also i like the jason bard stuff uh-huh. i like that he's becoming a, a supporting character and he was holding out he had tickets uh he wanted to take babs yeah uh, and then I, I actually laughed a lot again this is just showing uh castellucci's like knack for dialogue mm-hmm. is like the other two like talking about how he's clearly got a thing for babs um and he's like oh. don't be ridiculous and then it's like a few songs later and he's just kind of drunkly oh god i've got a thing for barbara gordon like it made yep. me laugh i actually got a chuckle mm-hmm. out of it yeah um yep so so that was all fun and then the offer comes through for Oracle, not the trio, which I liked. No, the robot's Oracle, yeah. Yeah, yep, for the Oracle robot, so, uh, which I like as an idea. I'm always a fan of, of you know, Whedon did it in Astonishing, of the danger room coming to life and being sentient and then getting that body. Yeah. So uh, I love the idea of the sentient robot villain. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm into that. I, I like that we're still, we still have the trio, we still have the supporting cast from the previous one, but we're also introducing this robotic Oracle yep. as, a, as a whole new element. In- uh, and we should yeah. mention as well, uh, Bab's part of the story ends with her like plummeting seemingly to her death. You know, we do end in a cliffhanger right. there um, before we come back to the robot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, really neat. Uh, I, I am uh, very, like, I, I was enjoying uh, the previous one, but um, I'm actually feeling very optimistic after this first issue of this one. Bad Girl has maybe been one of the most consistent books yeah Rebirth. it's been varying degrees of good yeah which is which is great given that you know we, we had two runs and this is the start of our third proper run in the book and yeah i'm actually feeling really positive where i'm like this may actually end up being better than the last one like mm-hmm. you know looking at this first yeah. issue the art's definitely better i'll say that yeah. first most the art is head and shoulders well, above she Domenico, and it seems cleaned up from Flash too. Like it's a, almost a different style. Yeah, no, I, from... I I would agree with that. I because I, I, I didn't necessarily necessarily recognize it was Gia uh, Domenico no. at first because I, it looked cleaner than I, I was expecting. Yeah. I think the stuff with Babs, I can see it a lot clearer. Mm-hmm. Um, all the stuff with the trio, I think, looks very different. But yep. good, good, so... different, not bad. Oh, yeah, but I'm yeah, always no, a I, fan I when a, when an artist does that when they change up their style when they change books. So like Gia Domenico's Flash looks like. Still some of the best work in years. Yeah. yeah. Oh, easy. So, and now his Batgirl looks like Batgirl. I like his Gotham, uh, which we've seen him. What did he, did he do parts of the, the, the cost or the price? I don't no, think so. Was, Maybe no. was something in metal, one of the tie-ins. Yeah. Because yeah, he's, he's been in Gotham before and it did was. Did he do the, the Red Death? Yeah. I, I could see that been a, that would have been him. Okay. Maybe because of these flash yeah. ties. I could, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, 
no, I'm feeling really good about this. Uh, I'm looking forward to the next issue now. Because, you know, I wasn't not looking forward to this one, but it was that sort of unknown quantity where I'm like, oh, I mean, I don't know how it's yeah, going to really... Yeah, the only thing that I can recall us reading from Castellucci before was uh, the first issue of uh, Shade, the, the Changing Girl. No, 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 no. She did the New Gods one that Matt read a few yeah. lines oh, of. Yeah, of course, yes. Um, yeah, it, got, it got a little too real life, and I was like, just yeah. make me feel bad. Which... If, if I recall correctly, my opinion of that issue was that I thought it was actually very well written. It's just that the concept went yeah. a bit too meta and a bit too... Yeah, but obviously this is Batgirl, so tone it down. And yeah. it's ongoing DC continuity and not just a random mini. I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling good about this. Uh, so... Yeah. yeah, me too. Um, no, I'm very happy with this. Um, Matt, what are you giving it? I'm going to give us an 8. Connor. I really enjoyed it. I'll give it an 8.5. Yeah, well, I'm going to go for a 9. I really like this issue. I was, uh, yeah, I was really, I was really into. It. I, I, I think the fact that I was just, I was like so heavily into just a trio bantering with each other before I even got to Batgirl, was yeah. was a just okay. really impressive to me. Gia Domenico did, did an issue of Detective Comics and knew he was in Gotham. There somewhere. you go. There you go. Uh, it was Detective Nine Nine Two, Detective Nine Nine Three. That was the uh, the Firefly stuff. I believe so. Because I remember it now. Ah, uh, sounds about right. Sounds yeah, about Batgirl right. Batgirl 38, that was the new one. Yeah. Ju- Justice League Odyssey 6, that's another one where he popped up. I don't so, think I got that far. Yeah. yeah, all right. So Batgirl seemingly survives another creator transition. Uh, very impressive. Yeah. Uh, which will take us on to Justice League Dark, issue 13. James Tynion in the fourth, writing with Mark Buckingham on the art. Um all right. There's a couple of us actually. Oh, uh, uh, and uh, Sampere, I believe, was the other one off the top yep. of my head. And, and what's cool, this isn't one where they use the multiple artists effectively because we get the new origin, not the new. I'll say new to me. I didn't realize this was Dr. Fate's origin. Yeah. Um, the stuff with the dad and him being a kid and he's basically yeah. Shazam. He's not the only, uh, he's not the only fate to have been aged up immediately either. Yep. Nope, and so I didn't realize that was a, a thing of fate, uh, and and I like that. And what does that mean for Kit Nelson, you know, with his wife and whatnot? You know, he never got a childhood. No, exactly. So we, we so. should mention the, the reason the art works is because it's split yep. into chapters. So mm-hmm. the first one is uh, you know, the the last Lord of Order. It's about you know it's it's like I was saying that it's fate's origin. It's yep. You know, the, it's uh, a young child, uh, Kent Nelson, and his father taking, you know, going into uh, on an exploration. Yep. Uh, and then Naboo the- kind of talking to Kent and kind of tricking him into killing his father. Yeah, with this with this poison gas trap from from yep. this Egyptian tomb, and then basically manipulating him because to to take the helmet of fate. To, it's almost like, okay, so this dude's been bad from the start. Yeah, you know. he, he kind of blasts all the knowledge into his head, changes his body into that of an adult. Uh, mm. But also his a mind... peak human. It, yeah, peak yeah. human. It's, it's the best he would ever be. Mm-hmm. And also, it evolves his, his mind to that point. So he hasn't still got the... It's not like Shazam yeah. where he's still got the mind of the of the kid. He right. is in every aspect of the word adult. An adult. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, but the Mark Buckingham, it's a very uh, pulpy... Style, gorgeously clean, uh, yep. fantastic coloring work as well yep. from uh, Adriano Lucas. Yep. So, uh, and then we get them, you know, in modern times, whereas Kent's like, I, I don't want to put the the helm back on. Like, I, I can't ever do this again. I, yeah. I don't trust myself. 
And I don't trust Naboo because it's been a manipulation from the start. Yeah. You know, and you find out that to, to release himself from wherever he was, he kind of drug Kent's dad along. Yeah. It was all a sacrifice to do this. And you're just like, oh, man, his version of order does suck. Yeah. You know, when you uh, look and that's what I'm liking what Tynan's doing with with magic is there's not really dark magic or light magic. It's all into how you use it. Absolutely. Right? Um, magic is neutral. And same with order and chaos is you can use order for evil and you can yeah, use chaos. There's, there's kind of always good. been an assumption that order was the good one, but that's right? just not not clearly not true. Um, and, and that goes through the thread in, in one of the other stories where we get uh, Constantine. We, we should mention before we move on, uh, uh, Ken offers to stay and advise uh, Khalid uh, on being right. uh, the new fate, cool. but even he's not too sure about it. He's like, well, no. maybe in a few years. I don't know if I'm ready well, for that. that. That's what I was going to get back into because you have a lot of doubt over these characters in the Justice League Dark because of what's what's coming. Yeah. And there's Tana, Constantine, Khalid, Kent, even Diana. Yeah. No one is wearing the helmet at the end of this story. Nope. It's not nope. like definitively this is who fate is. It's mm-hmm. kind of left open for now. Yep. Um, and then we get to the second part in the Oblivion Bar, which is Secrets and Origins. And this is where Sam Pierre comes in. Um, and it's Zatanna. Yeah. It's a lot darker. So Connor was talking about the clean lines and the colors in the first part with Buckingham. But the Sam Pierre stuff is almost the polar opposite where it's it's dark and moody and you can kind of it feel is, the smokiness of the bar. I love the way the, the, the colors. Uh, who's the colors in this one? Uh, Joan Albara. Yep. Uh, plays with the the, the lighting because like you know they've got the the, the hanging spotlights that you get yep. at a bar and the way they kind of reflect off the bottle that Constantine's yep. drinking so it looks great. Yep, and so you have uh, Constantine doubting himself, much like Kent was, but in a different way because you find out like Zatanna and Constantine have this relationship because of her dad, because he kind of saw all of this stuff coming. And wanted to prepare these two. Yeah, he uh, he kind of recruited Constantine to be able to do these shittier yep. things. And that because you need balance. So Zatanna will be, you know, she's going to do what the family should she, do. She's, she's the order to his chaos. <laughs> right, exactly. And Constantine doesn't, he feels like he's been flim-flammed, which that's usually him doing to other people. Yeah. And he doesn't like that. He doesn't. He feels like he's been used by you know the great and noble Zatara, um, because you, you get to see. And I don't know. So you're the Constantine guy. Yep. Is this his origin? Yes. Of this, the, this the exorcism. Yeah. This art okay. here. You know where they where they go to the the Casanova yeah. Club in Newcastle. Yep. Holy crap! That art is fantastic. Uh, yeah. That looks so much like the original stuff back in like Hellbla- okay. early Hellblazer, like you know, yeah. 10 or 12, something like that, around right. that range. It looks oh, straight really cool. out of that. Well, because, um, yeah, the, the colors get muted. It looks like an old comic. I, I want to say as well, uh, Buckingham, I believe, actually inked that issue. Oh, look at uh, that. Yeah, so there's that weird so cool. connective continuity, which is really um, cool. Because I, I went back and I, I picked up the uh, Tales of the New Teen Titans, which serves as the origin for Cyborg, Beast Boy, Raven, and Starfire. Yeah. Because I feel being a fan of, you know, those characters, I need to read the origins. Yeah. It's kind of tough because the comics are a little bit different. Yeah. Structured yeah. now. Um, but this art looks like it was pulled from that era. Oh, it's straight out of the like, 80s. Yeah. It so, looks fantastic. 
it, so I got to this page and I had been reading the cyborg book uh, earlier in the week, and I was like, oh man, look at this. So that's why I had to ask if this was yeah. his actual or if Tynan. Yeah, I, uh, I think Tynan may have actually tweeted a comparison of this okay. versus the original art. So if you want to go cool. check that out, go look at his Twitter. Uh, worth looking at. But yeah, so at the end of this, you know, this is a whole issue where nothing really happens. But it's, I think, the thing that Tynan, uh, he he revels in because it does move a lot of the story pieces forward here. And now you have this this Justice League that was formed to, to you know, bump back against the dark, right? Yeah. To now they're just like, I don't know what we're bumping back this, against. This is um, the issue that Pete always wants. The, yeah. sh- okay, everything's done. Let's just yep. sit down and wallow in pity uh, of ourselves, kind of, yep. uh, essentially. That nothing happens. No, and but everything happens at yeah. the same time. It, it, nothing plot-wise. No. So you have you have you know on one side you have Diana and Khalid and Kent. They're they're doubting of like, do we even need a fate? Like this has been more problem than it's worth. But they all kind of agree at the end that but someone's then, gonna have to wear the helm. Yeah, and and they're supposed to be the the Justice League representing magic. Yet they've only got one magician on the team in, in Zatanna. Right. They need they need another high profile one to give them legitimacy. Right. Even even aside from the actual fighting the threats, just on a PR level uh, amongst the community. Right. right. So and then on the other side, you have Zatanna, who you know she's going to doubt herself because all this stuff that's been put in motion by her father. And yeah, Constantine being like, is their whole relationship even, you know, is it even real? Because it's all been manipulated from the start. And there's just the the whole vibe of manipulation in this issue, you know, from Naboo to the Nelsons, you know, to to, to even, we kind of skipped over it. Kent feeling bad about his wife being kept up in the Tower of Fate because if she ever left the Tower... She might never not ever be able to get back. Yeah, and the idea that she felt obligated to stay with mm-hmm. Kent because she felt like she was his last link to humanity, and and if she left him, what would fate you know do to to Kent? Now, what would yeah. there be anything of Kent left? Yeah. And so, I, I I thought about this in the whole. Tynan has basically turned this in, and it might just be because I miss Shazam, and that whole thing because it hasn't been, you know, the most consistent book. But how Johns has turned uh, the power of Shazam into a family thing, right? Yeah. They can all count on each other. And you had the wizard looking, you know, to, to fill the seven seats. And now you have Naboo just being like, nah, I don't, I don't believe in all this. I need order, and it's just me. And I don't even care if yeah. it's going to ruin your life. This is what we need to do. And he's almost, an, uh, I don't want to say an antagonist, but he's the opposite of the wizard Shazam. Or just uh, if we're calling him now the wizard, yeah, you know, uh, of this that, it, and Pete's gonna hate this because of Star Wars, right? But it's that episode of Clone Wars where they go into the the Force users, and you know you have the dark and the light, and they're both yeah. struggling, you know. Yeah, here, the, uh, the 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 Mortis arc, I believe it was yeah. called. Yeah, yeah, you know, Hulk. and you have the father who's the balance. Yeah, and you had the, the, the son and the daughter who were light right. and dark, and, and the world would tear itself apart uh, if, without either of them. Right. And that's why I feel here is like now we have on, on the light side, let's say the order side, we have Shazam and Naboo who are odds. And then on the chaos side, we have Mordru 
and whoever else will rise. Mm-hmm. You know, let's let's say it's Zatanna, right, or it's Zatara yeah. for the chaos. And they're at odds, and then being at odds is keeping everything in balance, which is keeping the other kind, right, at bay. And now Naboo completely upset the balance by trying to reestablish the order of order, and now the other kind have, have broken through. Yeah. Uh, I just want to mention as well, I was, I was flicking through. Uh, mm-hmm. I made a slight mistake. Uh, this uh, second section is actually the same colorist, uh, Joanna Lucas. Okay. Uh, Joanna Balron was the Inca on, on this gotcha. second part. Gotcha. But it was, like yeah, it's it's really, I'm loving this book. And I'm not a magic guy, right? Like, I like to say this, but this is one of the books I look forward to every month now. Yeah. Bridging um, um, Hour was kind of rough, but I feel like that was getting stuff out of the way to tell these the story now. Yeah, definitely. Um, we should mention there was a, a very brief third section, two pages yeah. at the end of uh, uh, the Formula. Author. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's fine. The only interesting thing that comes out of it is Lex is kind of he's turned to Cersei and he says, "Oh yeah, magic had its own Justice League, isn't it? Time it had its own Legion of Doom. So we're going to have like the the anti Justice League dark, you know, to, to rival right. them." Um, which does I'm not mad at. Yeah. yeah, I'm not mad at that, but yeah, it was. It definitely felt tacked on. It was two pages. One of this little ship coming in, and then one of her holding a, what looks like a lightning bolt type deal. Yeah, yeah. So. I, no, absolutely tacked on, um, but. As we've been trying to say, we're not going to hold it against it too much because nope. most of them just feel like this. And the rest of the issue is absolutely fantastic. Yep. Um, so I guess uh, rating? Yeah. Yep. I'm uh, going to go 8.5. I, I, I'm going to push it up to a 9 because of the R. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Oh. Pete? Excellent. <clears throat> I was just having some snacks while you were... Uh, yeah, unprofessional. Talking about things. I muted for the yeah, recording. Yeah. Didn't hear a thing. Yeah. I was like, he must have muted because I didn't hear him. He so did, I, I saw had... it. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I didn't mute it for you. You used to still hear me over Skype. No, but, but I could see the the, yeah. the, the, the muted button. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just in case I get a, a bit of you know, crunch or something. Don't want, don't want to be unprofessional and have, have awful eating noises in the mic. Oh. I'm considerate like that. Uh, that'll take us on to the Terrifics issue 18, Jean Lin Yang writing with Steven Segovia on the art. Uh, the new sphere is still trying to take mm-hmm. over the world, basically. Um, and the Terrifics are trying to deal with the fact that Plastic Man has deflated and lost lots of little parts of his body into little mini Plastic Men. And... Which are revealed to be his what beat? Oh, his, uh, his demons, or his... His sins. His sins. And I count them. Right. And there's seven. And I'm disappointed for not figuring this out sooner. <laughs> um, I love Ying as a writer so much. Like, uh, I, I will say, if DC has someone that's like the most underrated MVP, it is Yang. Um, so, anyways. Glowing praise. I mean, I actually didn't yeah. love this issue. I mean, I didn't dislike it, but it was... No. I, I think... It's- this arc has been kind of just like, ah, oh, it's kind of fun. It's not like setting the world on fire. No, but it's, again, if we thought it was just Lemire doing the Fantastic Four, I feel like there's just an editorial edict because this was Galactus down to how they defeat him, right? Is, you know, the, the new sphere gets um, uh, stag, right? And they go in there to get him, which... The way that they get into the Nosphere is they have um, Mr. Terrific step into Metamorpho, like a suit of armor. Yes. Right? Yes. And then 
they launch themselves at the no sphere. The no sphere stops Metamorpho, but Mr. Terrific gets to to enter, and he sees Simon Stag there, and he's so you know at peace, and uh, you know they finally give the no sphere a, a terrific sphere, the T sphere, and basically let him make his own planet because we found out that he's been going across the multiverse, assimilating things and trying to bring you know peace and and, and whatnot. And the Terrifics kind of, they weigh their, 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 what was it? They weigh their options, I guess. And it just makes more sense to give him what he wants to leave them alone. And it's kind of how the Fantastic Four always defeat Galactus. It's like, well, no, we're, you don't want to eat us. We're, you know, we're not good. You can go, let's go find another unsuspecting planet. So, mm. um, I appreciated that, but. Yeah, obviously it causes it causes some friction with the uh, Mister and Mrs. Terrific uh, yep. because he he just makes this choice on his own, um, mm-hmm. and she's like, "No, we we promised the biosphere that we'd stop the no- the right. new sphere," and he's like, "No, right. you promised, not we." And she's like, "Oh yeah, right. forgive me for assuming that we were a thing," and you know it kind of leaves right. it in a cold place. Um, and then the uh, the offer at the end for you're the villain, um, for some reasons Bizarro, <laughs> I guess. Pick a villain. Well, and they're not any bizarre. It's bizarre of Earth twenty nine. Yeah, which is the bizarre Earth, which I feel like now Lex is going across multiverses to recruit people. Like, I don't know. I'm still it's Yang, so I'm I'm fine with however this is gonna play out. Um, yeah, presumably has Bizarro. I think I remember some solicits actually that Bizarro is going yeah. to be involved in the next story. So I mean that's yeah. fine. It, it just it felt like like. Does this really jive with what Lex is doing? I don't know. Like, we're, we're... I don't think so because if you try to explain Doom to Bizarro, he's gonna think it's justice, right? To, to be like, fair, Lex does speak in Bizarro speak to to. He does, sell him and, on and it. I love how as smart as Apex Lex is, he still can't quite get Bizarro speak, <laughs> which, which I kind of like. Like, it's that illogical. So, but no, then she's fine. Uh, a lot of fun stuff. Like, I did like Plastic Man, and when when he realizes his sins, he has to own them. He can't just let them go because that's the his little subplot here is he just wants to let them go, and he's gonna wither and die because now he's holy, and it's a fun little play on words because he has like holes like Swiss cheese. Yeah, because uh, uh, he, yeah, he he keeps saying he doesn't care, he doesn't want them back. He's like, no, just let me right. die. It's fine. And then they basically they start, you know, his son decides to take it up and he realizes like, well, no, these are these have what made him him. And like, he's not going to let his sons, his sins, you know, attack his son. He needs to own it up. And and so I like that. I like that it's come through. But uh, I'm glad the nose for stuff's over. I'm excited to get to Bizarro. Yeah. And I, you know, I see what my, Yang does. I think my problem with the, the new sphere stuff is now that we've gotten to the end of it and what I was feeling on a lot of this issue is that a lot of the locations are just random backgrounds that mean nothing and it, there's no sense of like geography or where we are or whatever. It's just kind of like we're in this like virtual world or whatever and I don't know, just a lack of a uh, like sort of solid foundation to grab onto is, is terms of what the geography is. Um, and it, it just it was maybe a bit tiring after a few issues of it so. That would I'd probably be where my, my complaint lies. And not a bad issue, though. It's, it's just kind of... Uh, it's fine. It has a couple of good moments. Um, characters are still delightful, as per usual. Um, that's pretty much it. What are you giving it, Matt? I'm going to give it a 7. I think it's fine. There's nothing... Nothing to hate. Nothing to glow about. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'll probably go with a six. I think I think it's you know mm. one of the weaker issues of the terrifics, um, and has a couple of nice moments, but uh, nothing to write home about. So. Uh, that is terrifics. That'll take us on to Dial H for Hero issue five. Sam Humphrey's writing with uh, Joe Quinones on the art, um, and Miguel's in the the hero verse. Uh, he very quickly runs into the operator uh, while he's running away from um, uh, what's his face, the villain, uh, Mister Thunderbolt. Thank you. Um, and it's essentially this weird kind of love letter to DC history, where as they're jumping through room to room trying to escape mr thunderbolt uh we're seeing essentially origin stories playing out behind them we're you know we're seeing panels of silver age green lantern we're seeing panels of you know i think, I think it starts with he's, he's on crime alley and the wayans are lying they're dead but miguel doesn't know who any of these people are of course because they're all secret identities right i, I want to say the 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 crime alley stuff it's it looks like you know uh, batman year one it looks yeah. like that style and then you know, in in the back, you know, you see you know the the Wonder Woman stuff, the Green Lantern, you know, Supergirl. It looks all the the Silver Age stuff, uh, like, like with all the the dots on the print and stuff like that. Yeah, and it gets into this weird bit of mythology where like the the H style kind of like lets you have your 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 secret origin almost and taps into the the, the powers of the hero verse. Um, but there's a lot of time spent defining what a secret origin is, and then Miguel kind of starts looking at his past, trying to think if he's had one and what it is, um, and very clearly states that it's the moment that you choose to do something about what you are or who you are. Um, and it's not about the moment you get powers, it's not about the moment that you get a costume. It's a tragedy. Yeah. Um, it's not that, it's not the motivation, it's when you choose to be the hero or the villain. Yeah, and, and the operator's like, uh, they they kind of go into his origin as well at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it starts saying, so you know, where's your secret origin? You know, what 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 was your moment? Was it, you know, when when your parents died? Was it when you first rang the the hero dial? You know, what was it? And he, and it kind of comes to the conclusion that he he hasn't got it yet. He, that's that's why he's been getting all the kind of the jokey characters, which uh, does actually lead to probably the best scene in the issue where. We find out was uh, after his parents died in a plane crash, he yelled for Superman, and Superman did appear. Um, and he gets angry at mm-hmm. Superman and throws his uh, bike at him, and it just crumples like uh, yeah. the wheel literally crumples against Superman's arm. And Superman has to hug him and explain that he can't be everywhere, and you know that's why he didn't save his parents. You know he can't stop every plane that's going down. Yeah. Uh, and he was like, no, even this, that wasn't his, you know, my secret origin moment either. It wasn't, but I think this this scene's maybe the most effective in the issue of just being oh, it's so good. emotional, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Summer uh, steals a super... Supermobile. Supermobile, that's what it was. Uh, from Snapper Car, because uh, she's flying to Metropolis to get try Although, and get Superman. As she points out, it's not stealing if he's the guardian of it and he lets her take it. She steals it. Um and she she gets lost in uh, Gotham for a little bit, and Two Face is shooting up at her. Um, I got the impression this was actually kind of t- lining up with uh, City of Bane in a weird way, because uh, Two Face's dialogue kind of implied that the city had changed a little bit to me here. This is like before the end of last issue of Batman, where Two Face gets taken in. That was, that was like it was a very subtle thing. It was just kind of like lining up with the status quo. And Batman. I don't know. Nothing about the dialogue said that to me. What was it to you that made you think that? I can't Sorry. remember. Uh, it's not about the st- heroes are not allowed in the city or something like that. I can't remember. Because obviously Bane's uh, taking them all away. Sure. I, I don't remember him saying that, but okay, fair enough. Um, 
But she gets to Metropolis at the end of the issue. Um, however, uh, Thunderbolt from Heroverse causes some chaos because the end of the issue is every single person with a phone mm-hmm. in Metropolis essentially is told uh, to, to dial H for Hero on their phone. And um, we just, the final page is all these uh, bolts of lightning in the city implying that hundreds, if not thousands, of people have just became superheroes with powers. Yeah. Uh, so mm. that was yeah. that was a cliffhanger. Um, that's rad. Uh, Again, we should mention the art. There's a lot of shifting styles in this. You have uh, the, the 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 Batman stuff at the start. You got the Silver Age panels. There's a bit where we're going through um, at Robbie Reed stuff where he talks about his adventures, and there is a panel that looks like it's just new uh, Darwin Cook's New Frontier stuff. Yeah, yeah, uh, it looks absolutely gorgeous. But uh, you know, it, it's you know, it's just going through these styles absolutely effortlessly. His Gotham. Uh, in the Supergirl looks uh, straight out of the animated series. It does, yeah. The 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 nighttime sky specifically looks like the. It animated looks series. like the opening uh, the opening titles of the animated series, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so now again, it's just playing with all these different styles. It's although that, this one's a little bit different from the previous ones because this is not just the origins of the you know the, the heroes that came out the phone. This is no, like... it, this is kind of much more real world now. Yeah. Um, um. So kind of neat. Um, I don't know exactly how the hero verse fits into the mythology of all the other different like mystical forces and sciences we have in the DC universe, but I think the, the idea I got is the hero verse is kind of just okay. So everyone who ever makes that choice to be a hero is connected to the hero verse, it, is what he it's, says, it's, right? Yeah, it seems like it's it's tied into the realm of imagination. Yeah, kind of. Uh, so it, it is kind of this, this everyone who is a hero is connected to that in the sense of, okay, they become larger than life. So this just mythologicalizes them yeah. and, and kind of stores that. Hey, I'm having a good time, so I'm not going to complain about it. But there is a point where the, the DC universe has too many things. Uh... No, there's not. Or if there is, we're not there yet. Oh, of course there is. We got we got Speed Force and all the other forces. We got all the different Latin cores. We got, um, what else we got? We got the red, the green, and the raw. <laughs> we got those. We got um, the metaverse. Metaverse. We got Source Wall. Um, of course, we have the multiverse in general, different universes. Um, dark multiverse. Dark multiverse. Yeah, there's, there's a which point, is the this... dark multiverse is just the bringing up of infinite. Yeah. Multiverse, but without having to make them infinite because they're constantly being destroyed. Yes. It's right? clever, isn't it? Yeah. So you eat your cake and need it too. The only, Clever, out of everything sure. you've just know. listed there, the only thing I feel like I don't like is, you, is all the extra Speed Force ones. You, know. you, you, you sound like you're complaining, Pete, and I think that it, it's it's fine. I'm right? just saying, I'm just saying. Like, at some point, we're stacking on too many. I never got Gem World and all that stuff. Time and like, all the know. magical places, all that shit. Yeah. Calm down. What book was it that was talking about the bleed? One of the books this week was talking Maybe it was this. Well, well, the bleed was also in between, is in between the multiverse. Yeah, it might have been so, this book. Uh, yeah, it was. It was a. Uh, it was in the part of um, of uh, 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 operators' origin stuff, uh, and talking through his adventures that he'd had, Oof. and it, it talked about how you know. Uh, he'd been to all these multiple realities and di- and seen different versions of the heroes, you know, and you know, they helped him go beyond the connective tissue of the multiverse into the bleed, uh, and and he went all the way until he was stopped by the speed force wall, and you know it was impenetrable. Oh, fifth dimension, sixth dimension, which is not the same as the multiverse. That's a different thing. <laughs> yeah. 
Right, and it's it's the realm of imagination. And yeah. then you you add into the the metaverse stuff, which is our Earth, but anything we think of pops into existence. You know, so too much. It's, all these things. it's too much. Uh, yeah. The reason I I love them all is because none of them are actually contradictory. No, they kind of all sit in a nice like they're, they're like the rotten, the green, and the red are all on one level, but something like like and and the the hero verse also connect you know like so Animal Man is connected to both the red and the hero verse and that's mm-hmm. fine, but then amongst that he's also part of a multiverse and a metaverse and you know there there are all these layers they sit amongst each other it's like it's like Russian dolls, they all kind of yeah. fit inside each other neatly. I'm not saying I'm not saying I like or dislike this this particular thing more than more or less than any of the others. Uh, I probably like it more than some of the others actually. Sounds, sounds like you are, Pete. I'm not. I'm saying I'm not. there's too many and they gotta go. So what has to go? What has to go? Um... I don't know. I'd have to sit down and think about no, it. No, I know it has to go. It's, it's the new Speed Force bullshit. Bye. See you later. That is the first thing to go. Yeah. See? Sure. See you never. Sure. I don't know. I was just I was thinking about it as I was reading. I was like, oh my god, how many goddamn different like forces and like like things can we connect to, you know, exist? I don't know. That's the thing. Um, the Speed Force, in a lot of ways, is one of the most stupid ones, but it's so ingrained in DC continuity at this point for a long time that you just kind of accept it. Well, and, and that that's a Mark Wade thing too. You leave that alone, right? <laughs> he gave the character to the Speed Force, so. Hey, hey, I love the Speed Force. I ain't, I ain't dissing the Speed Force. I'm just, you know, there's a point where there's just so many of these goddamn things. There's so many different, like, fabrics of existence that all kind of work together. Like, come on. That's why I love it, though, because they all do work together. None of them contra- if they If they were really contradictory things, it would be annoying. But the fact that they all just sit comfortably next to each other it, it works so well for me. Yeah, okay. We give it up. I'm going to get a nine. I love this issue. It's fantastic. <laughs> I'm going to get an eight. It was really good. Uh, there you go. Beautiful. Uh, which is led to the final book of the week, uh, which is Batman Curse of the White Knight issue one. Uh, Sean Murphy on, on well, art and writing. Everything. Yeah, buddy. So, yeah. Um, so, vampires are, are going to be a factor. And this plot. This, because uh, I finished reading this and I had to tell Tim immediately. It's like, Tim, Murphy's doing Castlevania just with guys, for the Bat family. Guys, we're getting American Vampire shit in Batman. All right. He's got a whip. He's, he's got the Castlevania whip. He's got a whip, whip made out of bat leather. Bat leather. This is so Oh cool. my God. This is exactly my shit. When, when this opened with like Lord Wayne uh, fighting against. Uh, like some old Arkham vampire. I'm like, what? This is delightful. Okay, so if if it would have opened and he would have been Simon Wayne, we would have had to buy an issue for Tim, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just so the the reason I love American Vampire so much is for what it did with uh, the history with with like real life history plus vampires. Sure. And now we all know I love the history of Gotham, and that's some of my favorite stuff in Batman. Now we're adding vampires to the history of Gotham and the struggle between uh, the Waynes and, and and Arkham and all of this stuff. And you're interjecting the stuff that had happened in White Knight 
to this now. Uh, I I can't. <laughs> this is this is wonderful. Yeah. And now you get the Order of Saint Dumas, and and what? How does that factor in? The, here? the grizzled old John Paul Valley just being psychotic. Yeah. Also, so, he has cancer. He's dying. Yep. And I love how he's like, "Oh, he quit smoking." And they're like, "Yeah, well, maybe you shouldn't have because it's yeah, coming for like, anyways." They're like, "Well, you said in the military, yeah, any yeah. exposure to some some tactical level can't, chemicals can't know about that." No, and and also like you looked at Azrael was his his nickname in the military for yeah. whatever reason, you know, and and he gets this prognosis and he goes back to the church, and he's helping, and the the the, the priest is like, "You don't have to do this, Jean Paul." He's like, no, but it makes me feel better. And so you, right there, you get a a better read on Jean Paul than I've had in decades. You know, like he's yeah. not this, you know, died in the wool religious fanatic. You know, he's someone that wants to make his community better. And uh, who comes to to mess all that up? The Joker. goddamn Joker. Yeah. yeah. Jo- Joker uh, throwing him the sword. Yeah. And- and be you know being the voice of God so, essentially, yeah. Ah, oh, yes. Which that, that's you don't want, yeah, right? You don't want Joker as the voice yeah. of God. So this this starts in in Gotham in the 1600s, and uh, I had to I had to read a couple times because you you got Lord Wayne, uh, running a sword through an Arkham, and I was like, does he got fangs and claws? Holy yeah, shit, that's a legit vampire. At first, I was like. Is this a vampire? And I was like, yeah, maybe Murphy's just playing up some evil characteristics, mm-hmm. just to yeah. kind of. But no, 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 it's a vampire, sure as shit. And and so you find out that uh, this this Wayne, I forget his name, we'll call him Lord Wayne. He was the first Wayne in Gotham, and uh, he had something to do with Arkham. They he comes and and slays him. I hope, I hope that Bruce now in in I'm gonna call this the Murphy verse, in the Murphy verse comes from a long line of vampire hunters. So it's completely ironic that he becomes the bat, right? Yeah. Uh, and and you find out that Arkham, like, this manor had stood in Gotham, when what would become Gotham in this valley, for, for decades. Then it became a fort. And then after the fort, it became, uh, it became Arkham Asylum. And that where this Arkham fell... Was a became a well that was then boarded up, uh, and so Joker comes back to Arkham, not wanting to be called Napier. Like he's like that was a completely different person. That wasn't me. He, yeah, he undermined all, all the terrible things I've done. Right, and I hate that. And he gets you know so where it left off at is this Batman fun is actually going to where it should be, uh, and that there might be a little bit truth. To what Napier was saying about, even though he was manipulating a lot of stuff. To, yeah, but the idea that oh, no, the people at Arkham were letting villains go to cause chaos, so they you know, they could buy up all the the property cheap. Right, and that uh, Arkham they had to ship everybody out, and because it's actually under renovations to make it an actual a mental hospital, you know. Yeah, a psychiatric facility rather than a dilapidated right. castle. And so. The I guess he's the warden, whoever he is. Joker, you know, is like, hey, I'm not here to do anything bad. I just need you to let me into my old cell. And he's like, wait, Joker, you spent all your time 
trying to get out. Now you're trying to get in. And he's like, now I have my reasons. So he takes him to a cell and you find out this cell is where Joker considers himself born. And that there's something there. And the, the warden yeah. lets him in. And he's like, well, we can't have this go perfectly clean. So You're come here, buddy. You. Yeah. And and the warden survives, much to his detriment, because that's how Batman is able to piece this he together. Does. But even, even immediately, he's like, hey, try yep. not to get too much blood elsewhere. I don't want Batman poking around in my cell. Like, he knows yep. there's something there for him to find. Like, this this birth right. of Joker is something literal. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And, and, you know, and you have uh, Gordon talking about Batman. He's like, hey... Look, I know you're reeling from the death of Alfred, but uh, you can't be doing this anymore. We got, you know, I'll let you have this one because it's Joker and we kind of need your help. But, like, you you really kind of have to give it up or join the, the task force. You know, and even Dick pressures Bruce into that. And he's like, you kind of, you know, have served your purpose, Bruce. Yeah. Gotham's changing. I, I think there's a point in the where he shows his, his worth still. You know, Gordon's like, hey, can, yeah. can you get it out of this guy before the lawyers come? Yep. And he just goes, he screams at him, and he's terrifying because yeah. this version yeah. of Batman is scary as shit. Right, right. And so uh, Alfred, in his note to Bruce, leaves him. He goes, hey, I know this is going to be hard for you because you push everybody away, but I would never leave you. And, you know, this is I know this is going to be a tough time for you. Yeah. Go under my floorboard. There's something that you need to see. Yeah. Uh, he so, goes to the floorboard, and there's this this you know box, what, little chest. Yeah, like a chest. Uh, and we don't really get to see what's in it, um, but we know that it was it has some kind of value to Alfred, and it's been in the Wayne family for centuries. Um, and then we get the stuff with Azrael that we were talking about earlier. And, you know, he's got cancer. He, you know, but we find out what, what Joker pulled from the cell is the sword. And it looks like it was the same sword that was ran through the Arkham Vampire. Uh, I assume so, yeah. I assume it's been sat there the whole time. And as as Joker, and it's this glorious scene, where Joker, as the voice of God, goes to Jean-Paul. And, and you know, the, the oil's dripping over this, this brazier. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Uh, I'm not a fan of yeah. Um it uh it it catches the sword on fire and he plugs it out and it's a flaming sword. And that basically that they Joker tells him that he needs to, to serve Gotham and correct the sins of the past. And there's been one family that has cursed Gotham Gotham from the beginning, and it's Bruce Wayne, and that now he must be smited. Um But yeah. Oh man, oh, I love this book. If you guys can't tell, the yeah. art like there's a a couple of beats that really land is uh, you know the note from Alfred. He's like, yeah. oh, by the time you're reading this, you if you if you're reading this, you've already come back around. You know, you've got the family there with your Dick and Barbara yeah. at your side, yeah. and he's just completely alone, and it's and it's kind of sad. No one there. Yep, and that's where the the bat signal comes, and Gordon needs to talk to him, um, yeah. and stuff. So. It's like Bruce coming to terms with, like, this mission has cost him his relationships. And, like, now, even as close as he was with Gordon, it's now kind of just a work relationship, and that's it. Yeah, and and Bruce doesn't want to believe in the vampire story because nope. he, he's showing Babs that, oh, hey, in the chest, I got the diary, I got the whip. Yep. And, and and Babs is like, wait, that dude's a vampire. And Bruce yeah. like, it's just a story, come on. And, and Babs is like, yeah. vampire. Well, and that's another thing I skipped over until I just pulled it back up. 
there was a um, a rhyme about the uh, what's his name? It's Arkham. Laffy, something like that. Laffy, Lafayette, Arkham, and that they used to say it every. You know, Commissioner Gordon would tell it to uh, Barbara every Halloween to scare the shit out of him as kids. But there's like, yeah, it's just an urban legend. Like, it's not true. Uh, so, again, I like that layer of, of that. Yeah. Um, but, but we know it's true, and Batman's going to have to be a vampire hunter. Yep. And, and so this was the children's poem that every... The, um, where is it at? Uh, Laffy Arkham, the vampire from the old children's poem. Every kid in Gotham knew it. Laffy Arkham in the wood, eating ch- the children when he could. Underneath a moon of blood swept away before the flood. And when you jump back to the, to the past the stuff, yeah. it talks about there's something dark in that forest that turned uh, Arkham there and that it's going to overrun Gotham. And Lord Wayne's like, not on my watch. Um, yeah. So, again, I was getting shades. And, and I thought it was just the Murphy stuff at first, right? Like, oh, no, he's... He's overplaying the evilness there, you know, and, and it looks like uh, Lord Wayne's got a, someone from the Order with him, right? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Dude, he's, he's, in, he's in the road, he's got the, the, the sign. Right, and so you know, we were talking about, like, vampire hunters, and, like, I didn't even make the Castlevania thing until you told Tim, and I was as, like, oh, as shit, soon, whip. As soon as I saw the, like, yeah. the whip, I was like, holy shit, they're just doing Castlevania. Yep, so... I'm hoping Dracula shows up because Dracula versus Batman is money. I was already into this beforehand because of Murphy. I didn't enjoy White Knight that much. But now you're getting into the history of Gotham. You're getting vampires. You're getting, you know, Bruce doubting himself, which I, I'm always a fan of. So I hate when Batman always, you know. It'll be, there'll be a lot of Bruce trying to prove there. that it's just mortal men the right. whole time. But no, there actually yeah. is vampires and shit going on. It, and you got Joker playing the sides against themselves that whatever this evil is, which is th- – this is where I think the story's going. Whatever the evil is was speaking to Joker in the cell, right? And that this evil knows that, that Wayne and the Order have to basically fight each other so they don't pay attention to the darkness. And this darkness yeah. is what's going to overrun And, and it's got a vendetta against the Waynes, so – Right. So uh, yeah. for, for ending it back in the 1600s uh, – but yeah, you took the best stuff of American Vampire, the stuff I love about Batman. It's made a perfect diagram here. Uh, I thought the first one would be hard to top, but uh, so far one issue in, I'm way more excited than I was at the end of the first. Yeah, White Knight. I, I, I wasn't expecting to go this route. But Me I'm neither. Because we, we talked about Curse, and I just thought like, oh, this is going to be another Batman story of him having to deal with Gotham and, and what it's, that it's means. It's the, and... the curse that he is stuck with the burden of, of right. defending Gotham. And it's like, oh no, no, he's, the Waynes messed, no, I, don't, I won't say messed up. The Waynes created the situation that the Waynes must always protect Gotham, and now by him embracing the bat, this is how he's protecting Gotham. Because you even have Thomas was a doctor, right, and throughout the time we we play with that, that, you know, even Morrison did it in uh, The Return of Bruce Wayne. Um, mm. So, so yeah. So between the Jimmy Olsen stuff from that first issue, uh, the history of Metropolis, to now we're going here with the history, you know, I'm a mark for this kind of stuff. I never would have guessed. No, never, right? So, 
And Pete Silence. I feel like Pete didn't enjoy this as much as we did. Um, honestly, I, I Matt just started going and just took over describing the plot, and I was waiting for him to take a breath at some point, and he just never yeah. did. So I've been sitting here silently for about maybe close to ten minutes at this point. Sorry. Um, just just waiting for my opening. Um, because you two are so goddamn enthusiastic that there was just no point. Um, I actually quite like this issue. This is way Ooh, better yay. than the last one because it's not doing the stupid Joker plot that I hated. So it's fine. There's just some random vampire thing. I'm okay with this. Yeah, when I first got this, I was like, Pete has to read this. I'm going to do what I can to make him read the first issue. So I'm glad Connor did because in our chat, he's like, oh, I got to read White Knight. But if we have to start early, I'm not going to be mad. But I genuinely still had like yeah. three books Pete. and two of them were the 75. Yeah. So they were the yeah, I was struggling Pete. through the Flash Pete. 75 when I said that. I was not yeah. in a good mood for reading Yeah, I still okay. had that Fair film. Enough. So I was like, you, <laughs> I was like you get it. Pete, it's got vampires. Yeah, oh, and I, but I didn't want to ruin that because I wanted people to go into this uh, not knowing like like I did, right? Oh, I yeah, didn't expect sure. a vampire plot. So, you know, um, I feel like Tim, though. Tim would definitely want Tim, to read it more if he knew there was vampires. Yeah, which is what I told him. Because I was like, Tim, yeah. you clearly don't know this. So, you need to know this. See, yeah, yeah. yeah my, honestly, my only critique of the whole issue is the uh, note that Alfred leaves Batman. I didn't read because the font was horrible and I wanted no part I, of it. I'll, I'll give you that was a horrible font. <laughs> I struggled. Yeah. There was a few times where I was reading a line. I was like, I don't know what that says. And I was like making a guess. And then reading the rest of the sentence going, Okay, that's what that must have said. Is it is it just because us millennials can't read cursive? Is is that what this is? No, because I I can. I mean, it's what. I'm, okay. I, well, it's it's because cursive. I, I can't. Cursive so, cursive is a horrible thing that for some reason in school they insisted is something you had to learn, and yeah, I have yeah. never used it or needed it no. once since I I left. Not even so, not even school in general. I don't think I've used it since like early school. Yeah. I still I still write in cursive. I mean. The only time I need it, I don't. I write in block capitals all the time. Yeah, no. The only time I need it is when I have to sign something, and at this point, my signature is just wavy lines. Yeah, you, you can make out the M and you can make out the S. Uh, the rest of it block, is block capital is too slow. Yeah. because uh, cursive, it's just the the, the benefit because it's so fast to write. Right. Because it's just it's one fluid I can barely read my own cursive handwriting. Never mind yeah. other people's cursive oh, handwriting. When I was when I was moving, I came across some boxes of stuff that I kept from schoolwork, and like my early cursive stuff where you had to write reports in cursive, I can't read, and I have horrible penmanship. So you add pen. Oh uh, yeah, I have terrible cursive. penmanship. I I struggle to read my own block capitals sometimes. So you know, uh, but. I mean, when, when would you start? It's learning? funny. It must have been about what seven or eight when you start learning yeah. to write in cursive in our schools. So I think, yeah, I, I it was just you know that through till you know we finished school at sixteen. You know, a decade of that became just habit that I, ne I just never stopped. Well, I just yeah. it's funny that this gets brought up. Like my my supervisor brings this up a lot about how oh kids can't can't write in cursive. It's like yeah, you can't use your computer sometimes. Like <laughs> all right. Computers are better. Taping things and printing them out is yeah. just better. No, they are, but sometimes you have to write. Yeah. At least in my job, sometimes I have to use a pen and paper and write things. Yeah. Oh, so I mean, I, I, when I write things, didn't know I just always do block capitals. And I, it basically, as soon as soon as I didn't have to write in cursive anymore because no one was forcing me, I just stopped doing it. I hated it. I I never had a problem with it. What it wasn't like, 
it, it's not something that I even think about doing. I just I just write, and it's that's just yeah. how it comes. I don't out. think it's hard to do. It's it's not it's not about the. It's, just, it's not like I think there's a challenge in writing cursive. I just and it's funny. It used to be more practical, and it's not practical anymore. Like we communicate via phone and text and and whatnot now more than we do letters. It's you practical know? for typically traditionally speed and space. Uh, it takes up less space than than block capitals, and it's just quicker to write. Which is why I still do it because I can write out ten words in in yeah. cursive in the time it would take me to do maybe two or three. Yeah, I've been capitals. writing in cursive in at least fifteen years. So I... Y'all, y'all seen Billy Madison, right? When he can't write in cursive, and he, you know, it's it's older uh, Adam Sandler in the third grade class, and he he gets mad and tells the teacher, "You'll never have to use this," right, to the kids, and she makes him go up there and write. So he can't do the Z, and he she makes him write a baseball player's name that is almost nothing but Z's. Um, yeah, you don't know that you don't know that scene. I mean, I've seen the movie, but I've not seen it in like oh, many in a years. long, long time. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just always think I'm having to write a cursive Z. It's the same thing. It just comes out as a looks like I had a seizure <laughs> mid mid writing. Oh dear. But yeah, White Knight. No, I mean, Curse of the White Knight, I should say. Uh, Curse of the White Knight. That's a, I probably, I think I'm going to end up liking this one more than the first one, just because it's not the the Joker plot that I had problems with. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously Murphy's art's lending well to all this Castlevania stuff. Um, Babs and Dick's inclusion, I enjoyed again. Um, you know, uh, Batman wanting to just reveal who he is to everyone because Gordon knows who he is now. And oh, that's the other thing I missed. Yeah. Uh, he he's like, you know, and Babs is like, no, you can't do that. Like, that's just, you know, just join the team, join the team. Like, that's, yeah. you know, don't don't do yeah. it. Uh, so, no, like, I'm fairly positive on it. Um, I'm not gushing about okay. it, like uh, certain people on this podcast may be. Um, but this uh, is proof for all people that say that I just hate Batman because he's more popular than Superman. That's that's not true. There are elements of Batman I do enjoy. And this this has them all in one, in, in one go. So there's elements of Batman I enjoy. When does he fight vampires? I'm into it. <laughs> I mean, really, he could, any character can fight vampires, and I'm into it. But I'm talking like the history of Gotham, you know, doubting Bruce, you know. No, I, I love all this. That's why um, you know, the that, that Gates of Gotham mini. So good. I love that. That's so, so underrated. Good. I gotta reread that. It's been a while. It got a deluxe but... edition like a year or two ago. Yeah, did it? Yeah. I, I bought mine from uh, Higgins, and mm. he was just glowing that more people need to read this. He worked so hard on it, and it's, yeah, it's, it's so underrated. Yeah, it was one of those ones, and he he told me this, and I don't know if it's, but at the time he was like, oh, yeah, I I basically it was my idea, but because I was who I was, they had to put Sanders name on it to to sell it. I believe um, that. Yeah, and so we, we, he'll he'll be the through the the, the thread because. We brought him up earlier. We can give him Nightwing. Just bring him back to Gotham, please. We're we're halfway there with the Nightfall. I, I would happily universe. read a, another book just set in like you know old Gotham. Yep. Oh, it's so good. Gotham Harbor. It's all dingy. People people get Shanghai all the time. From from Gotham. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What are you rating them at? Uh, Nine point five. Gee. Okay. Uh, I'm at the gate. Yeah, I'm going to 9.5 as well. Yeah! 8 out of 10 for me. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus <Yeah>. Christ. 
I literally couldn't get a word in. I went quiet for like 10 minutes because you two assholes just kept gushing. Well, you should have joined us in the gushing. No, I didn't have the energy to fight for fight for room to speak. I'll just wait. To be fair, that's how I feel a lot of time. You know, when, when when you guys read like a book, and I'm just like, I'm just gonna wait. I'm just gonna wait until you're done gushing, and then I'll say what I didn't like. And obviously, this wasn't quite as much what you didn't like. You just didn't like it as much. But it's the same feeling. Yeah. Yeah, you do it more often though. Uh, it's just don't, you just don't want to interrupt the flow. It's rude. Uh, oh, I'll interrupt it. I'm a human speed bump. What are you talking about? I don't even care. Literally, if Matt lies down the road, he will literally be a human speed bump. I don't write, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, that was the last book of the week, which takes us on to the part of the show where we pick our favorite stuff of the week. We do our favorite panels slash moment. We do our favorite cover, favorite art, and top five books of the week. So, um, what uh, is your your panel slash moment, Matt? Um, it, it's gonna be the opening of of curse of the white knight when you when you see it's a vampire mm-hmm. yeah oh i i might have yelled holy shit at work at, at five in the morning people had no idea on thursday so yeah okay okay connor uh i'm actually gonna go from justice league dark i'm gonna go with the the constantine origin just for the sheer it's a good one accuracy uh, especially that first panel uh, I'm going with Dial H for Hero. I'm going where Miguel confronts Superman after his parents' funeral. Uh, yeah, why, sure. why, why I didn't save them. That was really good. Um, favorite cover, Matt? Uh, it, it basically came down to, to Curse of the White Knight, uh, the, the variant with Azrael and his flaming sword, or Wonder Woman. Um, the variant with Cheetah. Well, not, not even the variant, just the, the Dodsons. Oh, yeah, the, the regular, um, okay. Yeah. Family of a White Knight. That's uh, pretty cool. Flaming Swords are dope. Yeah. I'll yeah. I'm actually going to go with the main Batgirl cover. I, I kind of like the... Uh, the Just kind of the fun pop, you know, the shadow the of the moth over top of her and yeah. she's all webbed to the wall. That's good. I'm going to get into it. Um, all right. Uh, best art map. Do I, do I have to say it? Yes, you have to go through the motions and say it. It's it's Sean Murphy for, for White Knight. Of wait, course. hang on, I didn't pick my cover, you dick. Oh, did you not? <laughs> What's your cover? <laughs> dick, buddy. Uh, I'm actually going to go with the Diazio cover as well. Yeah, right, okay. <laughs> that's why he did That's not the point. Uh, excellent yeah. news. Okay, uh, what's your art pick, uh, Connor? Yeah, it's Murphy. Oh, I yeah. I think this might be the first time that uh, Dale H has come out that I haven't picked that. Um, if, if if you had chosen the uh, the the one two punch of Justice League Dark, I would have understood that. Uh, no, that's I think all three of those books uh, are fantastic art this weekend. On yeah. any week, could have well, won. And and I I could have made a push for uh, Action Comics too. Kudrzynski was pretty good too, but it's Murphy. So yeah, yeah. Um, Bad Girls that was really good too, but I'm also going to uh, go with Murphy. Can't it's just hard to it. argue with it, isn't it? Um, all right, top five books of the week, Matt. What you got? Number one, Curse of the White Knight. Number two is uh, what did I put it? Number two is it? Yeah, I'll say Batgirl. Number three is Action Comics. Number four is Wonder Woman. Oh no, no, I messed up my order. 
Uh, one is Crystal White Knight, two is Justice League Dark, three is Action Comics, four is Wonder Woman, and five is Batgirl. Nailed it. Okay, Connor. Yeah, uh, no, number one is Crystal White Knight, mm-hmm. two is Justice League Dark, three is Dial H for Hero, four Batgirl, and five Wonder Woman. Okay, my number one is Batgirl, my number two is Curse of the White Knight, my number three is Action Comics, number four is Wonder Woman, number five. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> Am I the f- only one who can get through five books this number week? Number four is Dial H, number five is... Yeah, I don't write mine out before, Connor. I wing it, so... Yeah, I wing it, too. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Curse of the... Oh, sorry, Bat- Batgirl, Curse of the White Knight... Action Comics, Dial H for Hero, and oh. uh, what have I got left? Did I Wonder say Wonder Woman? Woman? I thought I said Wonder Woman, did I? Yeah. Um, Batgirl, Curse the White Knight, Dial H. Batgirl, Let's... Batgirl, Batgirl, Curse of the White There's Knight. It's two. Right, Action Comics. Three. Dial H, Wonder Woman. Yeah, okay, we're fine. I got confused. Go. I got confused if I said Wonder Woman already or not. <laughs> oh, man. Solid five. You know what? Solid five. We're going to get a whip versus flaming sword fight, and I'm going to be beside myself. It's going to be so good. That that will get moment of the week, unless it comes yeah. out alongside Doomsday Clock. Oh, sure. Yes. Um, Doomsday <laughs> Clock will trump all. What is Doomsday Clock? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, also, because obviously every week we ask people on the Twitters uh, what they think of the books, um, and we but not not every week Pete remembers to read them out. Um, yeah, yeah, very good. Um, so, Togo Superbad said Dial H may be the best book of the year. Quinones shows his art versatility in a new way. Humphreys writes a love letter to the DCU, especially Superman. Only downside is the Supermobile didn't punch anything. <laughs> um, at Glenn Reads Comics says, Flash, why? Because I only picked up two DC books this week and I sure as hell wasn't going to give it to Action Comics. So, I don't know, don't know what that opinion, uh, what, what, what the reasons for that is necessarily, but clearly not a... Well, he's still buying Action, so he must not hate Bendis. Presumably he'd just not be buying it if he hates Bendis. So, I don't know. Uh, and then at Mr. Green, uh, Wonder Woman, big moments like Hippolyta stand out for me. Glad we also didn't forget about Isadore. Um, so yeah, uh, so there's a few opinions yeah. from the Twitters. Um, in fact, speaking of you guys sending us stuff, um, what we do have to talk about for next week because next week is a week five, and next week for me personally is a very late week because I'm not reading any books next week. <laughs> I mean, you can read the anthology Batman thing if you really want to. Uh, if I if I wanted to, I, I don't know if I'm feeling overly. I have safe. three books. Yeah, um, it just so happens that the books that are coming out are the final to. Uh, well, I'll tell you what's coming next week because I always do that, don't I? Um, you do, yeah. I may have forgotten that that was a thing at the end of the show and didn't have my browser open. Um, <laughs> well, then how how did you know all the variant covers for picking the best cover? Um, I looked earlier. It's fine. It's bullshit. It's Man, fine. covers are gonna be rough. Well, I can't even next do a top week. five next week. I can't pick anything next week. No one reading... can do a top five next week. <laughs> I'm not reading that next week. Uh, so, yeah, next week's a week five. It's a very odd week five as well. It just so happens that the books that are coming out are ones that I am not reading. So, 
coming out next week, we have Batman uh, Last Night on Earth issue 2. That's the Scott Snyder, Greg mm-hmm. Capullo Batman book, which I'm not reading. There's Batman Secret Files issue 2, which is an anthology book. Uh, we have Batman Who Laughs number 7, which I dropped a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, you guys have still been reading that. Um, yeah, Green Lantern cool. Annual issue 1, which is just Connor, because he's the only one reading Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justice League Dark Annual is out, which is cool, but I've not been reading Justice League Dark. Wait, I have four books. Son of a B. <laughs> um, and then also out, although we won't be covering, at least not for a while, Connor will get there eventually, is Red Hood Annual number three. So, yeah, uh, weird week, weird week. But of course, as per usual, on a quieter week, on a week five, um, we will be wanting questions, and there is now two ways to do that. Uh, obviously, we'll be accepting mm-hmm. questions on Twitter at DC Comics Podcast to follow us on there. But you can also send longer questions because you know, obviously, you've got a size limit on Twitter. If you want to like, do something a bit more in depth, uh, you can now do that on an email. Uh, you can do that at mftvquestions at gmail dot com. Uh, just put in the subject bar that the, the question, uh, the email you're sending is for comics from the multiverse. Just put the, the show title in there. Um, and we'll know uh, what it's for and we will uh, take those as well as the tweets for for questions next week and given that i don't have any books i do want a lot of questions so f- please do send in questions either on twitter at dc comics podcast or via email mftvquestions at gmail.com so please do um uh yeah uh, yeah patreon go support us on patreon.com slash tv as we mentioned at the start well not quite the start it was like after the first news item <laughs> basically as we mentioned when pete remembered exactly uh you know we started doing uh comments from multiverse extra at the one dollar tier me and Connor are doing a single issue of a book each week um right now we're doing gotham central uh there will be more than one per week uh once we start crisis on infinite earths uh, in about a month's time so that that's wrapped up by the time the uh, the crossover is happening on TV. Uh, so you can get that. Also, the back catalogue of the monthlies is now available at the $1 tier as well. Uh, so do uh, check that out. See if you want to support us, keep the show coming, keep all the content coming, as well as comics from the multiverse, but all the other stuff we do, uh, which you can check out. We have various movie podcasts and a lot of TV reviews that come out very consistently. Uh, you get those on the YouTube channel, of course, if you're watching this there. Uh, if you're not, go to the Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash TV. There's a handy post at the top with the links to all the various audio feeds, um, and you can find them on your podcast apps and all that kind of thing. Um, I did this in a weird hour tonight. Is there anything I've not said that I usually say about plugging no, no. Whoa. Whoa, that's a new thing your mic's doing there, Matt. <laughs> I actually, I think it's the same thing it always does. It's just it had been so long sitting there, Yeah, and okay. Matt was sat quite far back from the mic that mm-hmm. it just came through like that. That was weird. It's like a horror movie. Um, so yeah, uh, that has been episode one four. No, no, sorry, one six five of the show. Or has it? You said sound like a horror movie, Pete, and then I uh, remember a a YouTube comment you got that y'all shouldn't talk about horror movies anymore because you have no idea how to make a horror movie. Because uh, oh, yeah. Jason's Jason's barely in Manhattan, so. <laughs> That was satire, right? Like, that guy wasn't 100% for reals, right? I'd like to believe so. <laughs> I'd like to believe so. What if I, it was Tim? Oh, dear. It, it seems like the sort of dumb joke Tim would do under an alias. It really does. It does. It does. Yeah. It does. Except Tim would never do it under an alias. He would just do it and pretend that he's not on the show. And and even if he did do it under an alias, he wouldn't have been able to keep it to himself this long. No, no, no. He, 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 he would actually... He the credit. He wouldn't even need to tell us afterwards, though. He'd just put in the comment, like, he'd put something about uh, buying Goatman issue one, and you'd notice <laughs> him. 
<laughs> or he'd, he'd screenshot the comment and post it to us because look at this guy isn't it fantastic <laughs> yeah that's true yeah so anyways oh dear yeah you just reminded me of that when you said horror movie uh what a weird, weird episode of the show um, to, to join us for. So we'll have an episode next week, which will be a weird week five with lots of questions. Uh, so do feel free to send in your questions. Um, otherwise, that is us. That has been that has been uh, comments from the multiverse. Uh, so thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep reading DC Comics. But remember to never get lost in the Speed Force. Batman vs. Vampires. 